Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Lowell, and I am here with... Hank Owl. Hank, it is New Year's Eve. What are we doing? Uh, right now, I'm sitting here on the porch with you. I got, I got this little microphone thing in front of me. Wearing these uh, these big old headphones, I think somebody in their house is training for their probably very successful up and coming hip hop career because it seems that uh, audio is picking up like really faint what sounds to me like rapping, but I could be crazy. Yeah, I can't tell if it's rapping, a shared delusion, or what. But so if you guys hear anything in the background, very softly and somewhat annoyingly. Uh, Please try to ignore it because we're going to. I don't mean to insult our neighbors. No, Possibly not at all. Rap, I mean, he could be. I mean, the next big thing. We're we're not here to stifle dreams. Or, by the way, I, I just occurred it, it could actually she. just be somebody <laughs> pl- playing a song. Uh, <laughs> they don't have yeah, to actually be rapping. To my it. my actual <laughs> go to was that it was a person doing it. Dude, like, I like that because you're like empowering people. Yeah. That's like a positive quality Get about after you. It. Don't just engage with art. Make art. Ah, oh, dude. Create. Share. Boom. Yeah. That what art cool. have I made? Shut up. <laughs> 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 Let's talk about art other people made for however long well, it takes for us to go through our favorite movies of 2022. That's right. That's what we're talking about. We did it favorite for the movies. year 2021. And I thought it went very successfully. Very fun. I I enjoyed that a lot. Not as good of a movie year for us personally as that year was. We didn't really see much, but I think we have something that will not be awful. I hope will not (laughs) be awful. We'll end up with a top ten that that I think will, will be really good and satisfying to all of us, even if it... Those do just happen to be like ten. Even if like there's a very steep drop off at eleven. Right. We have probably seen ten movies. It's we really hard enjoy. to go to the movie theater apparently, or stay at home and watch a movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not not busy people. No. Yeah. No. We're, no we're, we got stuff going on. It's hard being a general layabout like me. <laughs> like myself. Exactly. You can't call yourself if you actually don't spend time laying about. Exactly. Time. So you know, there we go. Uh, do you want to tell people how we're doing this? Okay, we're going to do it like we did it last year, which is we got ourselves a list of 20 movies that are, I would consider, above the line of, like, we liked this. And we're going we're gonna to go through those movies. We're going to talk about them, each in chronological order by their release. Things we liked about them, the things we didn't like about them. So these are the ones in contention for our top ten. Is that right? Yes. And while we're talking about them, we'll be like, uh, this movie's good, but no way it deserves to be considered for top ten. Or like, yeah, this has to be on there. And I just realized something, Dad, and I realized something that I was going to require you to spitball. Ooh, spitball. I would like you to... You know what we were dissing on it before? Try some try some freestyle rapping while I uh, <laughs> yeah. while I go get the the piece of paper that I neglected that is so vitally necessary to this <laughs> process. All right, here I go. 
rapping. Word. I'm back. So Have you was, been rapping? I was. This that whole was time? that was ten minutes of freestyle rapping. Quite good, I say. We there was some audio difficulties, so I don't know if that came through or not. But yeah, that was pretty much 10, 10 minutes of freestyle uh, on topical topical raps. Who do you consider your biggest influence musically? Well, that would probably be the Beatles. The the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. you know the Beatles. I try to imitate them as much as possible. You and, and who else? Tell me about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, I'm not qualified to have opinions about music. Well, there was a movie this year that could have helped us with that. Did we see it? <laughs> no, I think that was last year. You're talking about Get Back? Yeah, was that last year? Yes. I th- okay. Although, you know... Time bleeds. Yeah. Well, and also, it's like not it's not illegal to watch movies that didn't come out from this year, so we still could have watched it. That's true. And I actually did watch a couple of, like, I mean, not the like the longer thing, like maybe like 45 minutes. And Time Bleeds, by the way, was the Beatles' best album. I'm, <laughs> ne- I'm like ninety nine percent sure that's a joke. <laughs> yeah. The White Album. I've actually listened. I, I, you know what? I might go as far to say I probably listened to more full length Beatles albums than you have. I think that's probably correct because my mom and I wore out the exact same A track over and over again, Sgt. Pepper's, and I probably listened to that more than you have. so there (laughs) the white album let me let me feel truly to feel more elitist than you the white album is my favorite beatles album oh my gosh is it yeah that's pretty cool i know you're (laughs) you're pretty cool i'm a great person (laughs) with incredible opinions on all things art yeah speaking of Let's start from the beginning. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> let's let's go through this list of movies, which I, I I was I was worried going into the creation of it, but I think it's actually pretty good. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling we uh, personally I saw more movies than I thought I had seen. I was worried I would have very little c- to contribute to this. Okay. We're starting with Scream. The fifth movie in the Scream series, and the only movie we talked about on this podcast. That's right, because we're going chronologically in order throughout the year, right? Yes. Cool. These are movies in contention. Scream. So, Scream, this is not a remake. It's a a legacy sequel, I believe, is what we're supposed to call it. That's a great term of art. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I remember being uh, really quite pleasantly surprised with this movie. When we saw it, what what do you remember? Uh, well, like, what stands out? What do you remember about it specifically that you enjoyed? Well, it wasn't really, really bad. It, I think Scream Four is really, 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 really bad. Remind me which one that one is. What it happened? has the one with Allison Brie and the blackish guy. Okay, yeah, it sort of has like a similar thing where like we're doing this for a new generation and then <laughs> sorry series joining in on the, the conversation yeah um i thought melissa barrera and jack quaid were good and you know it's oh Je- jenna ortega i forgot jenna ortega like queen of 2022 oh yeah was in this movie yeah i was pleasantly surprised by this i enjoyed the the brief cameos from the the elder uh scream people and the longer i thought um uh mr arquette I thought it was really great in this. I thought, yeah, the as far as like, I guess this happens a lot in legacy sequels. The, the passing the torch stuff, I thought was 
done effectively and the the legacy characters were utilized in ways that I did not think were bad. Yeah, it wasn't that's a, that is that's a really good way to put it. It wasn't a great movie, uh, you know, I uh, but I but it, I was pleasantly surprised and I was not confident going into it. Yeah, and uh I liked what they did their choice of of villain motivation. I thought was really creative. Do you do you remember that? I don't. So spoiler warning like just a a, for a second. Bunch of uh like it's like the fandom menace basically like a, bu- a bunch of people who are mad at you know the the you know the fake series of movies that are based on the screen right the stab movies. movies it's like they had a last jedi and all the like loser nerds got way too upset about it and that's who the villains of this movie are well that's kind of fun because those people are villains there are definitely some of them. live we can we can pretty much generalize yes we can all right, so this is the number one movie? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. That's actually, guys, that's the only movie we watched this year. And we're out. Yep, we're done. <laughs> all right, so, all right, so Scream. So, how do you feel? Uh, I sense that you do not feel terribly strongly about this movie being high in your rankings. No, this movie, we can we can throw it away right now. All I, right. I feel there. I remember. I mean, it's good. It's good for what it is. Like, yeah, it's uh, like it was on. If it's 10 o'clock at night, Friday night, you're home, everybody's in bed, it comes on HBO, watch it. It's fun, and it's, like, not that... I mean, it's obviously not as good as the first Scream, because the first Scream is great. But it's not, like, 200 miles from the first Scream. Well, no, no, this is, this is a definitely a thumbs-up movie. It's just that it would have to be a very, very bad movie year for this to be in anybody's top ten. It's good for what it is. It's a fun horror movie that is not obnoxious for most of the movie some parts of it are obnoxious there are some lines that represent probably the part that many people find annoying about modern big studio legacy horror movies all right all right moving on generally do you like scary movies then i have to be in the mood and if i'm in the mood yes definitely but it's not uh i have not contemplated getting shutter which I think is the horror movie streaming service. Shudder's what people love it. What all the real cinephiles have. Certainly, all the real horror cinephiles. Oh yeah, but like that's what uh, Shudder. We will not dis- disparage. No, no, no disparaging. Shutter. I've considered getting it. I just don't know if it would be worth it for me. No, probably not for us. Yeah. So I do like horror, but I like I need. I'm not going to go see everyone, but basically, what I need is like all the critics and all people I know to be like, "Hey, this is really great," and then I'll then I'll watch it, yeah. and then I'll enjoy it. Next on the list is the Batman. The Batman. That's right. This was a very anticipated movie, I believe. Oh yeah, very, very anticipated, especially by me with a friend of mine. I watched all the previous Batman movies in anticipation of this movie, even though I'd already seen those movies. But I love them very much. Nice. Not, I think about it. Did we actually talk about this movie on the podcast, and then we just never got around to releasing it? I cannot remember. Because I remember, I don't know. I have, I, I, I definitely have somewhere in my notes app a very curated <laughs> ranking of Batman <laughs> movies, and I don't know if I did that on my own or for this. Right, it could have been prep, could have been just doing it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Okay, I don't think this movie really needs all that much like introduction. It's the Batman, Matt Reeves makes Gotham look really 
cool, something that, I mean, I like the Dark Knight trilogy. I really enjoy the Dark Knight trilogy, but something that I thought was lacking from the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises in terms of its value as a Batman movie is that Gotham City kind of felt like just like a city, like a, like a normal city, and that was part of like the making those movies more realistic or whatever. But Gotham City is like all like rainy and dreary, and it it feels like a place outside of normal reality. And I do think that is the world Batman should occupy. Yeah, I like it. It feels like a comic book movie, but in uh, the fun, maybe even not actually, I say fun, fun for me way, uh, in the kind of dark, rainy, you know, little dystopian kind of way that I dig. Yeah. And all the acting with Paul Dana, all Paul Dana's very good as the Riddler, who is my favorite, you know, Batman, Gotham City Universe character because I'm a big fan of Riddles, famously. But he's really good. Colin Farrell is really good. Robert Pattinson is very good. I really liked the direction they went for Batman, having it be more... I mean, I know everybody who likes this movie has said this stuff before. Having that growth from him, from this, like, kind of obnoxious, like, obnoxiously brooding person who is not really having that much of a positive effect on Gotham City to this person who believes in hope and I felt that was very satisfying the detective element of this movie just seeing him go from these like cool places to these cool places and interacting with crazy Colin Farrell penguin and doing detective stuff and the movie being you know funnier than I maybe thought it would be. I was really happy with that. Yeah, I agree with all of, all of that. I really also liked the relationships that they created because a lot of the co-stars I really enjoyed. I enjoyed the relationship with Catwoman. I thought that worked. I liked the Gordon. Um, I forgot the actor's name, but I thought he was great, and I liked how their relationship was. I also liked... I liked Gordon more than I liked um, Alfred. Um I remember I, one of the things I do remember about the movie is the the scene with Alfred in the hospital, and something still felt cringy about that. I'm still holding on to that, so it must have. I do remember must have you something. having a problem with that at the time, and me not having a problem with that. I forgot to mention who the person who is like absolutely the highlight of this movie, which is John Turturro as Carmine Fal. I think they pronounce it Falcone in the movie, but I always pronounced it Falcone. Yeah, you're right. He was great. Yeah, so I, I really like this movie. And, and looking back on it, I wish I had kind of seen it again. There's definitely some recency bias, probably, in, in my memory. Uh, but I enjoyed this at the time, and when I think back upon it, I also think, okay, yeah, good movie. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I, I don't feel like I'm being very articulate on these past two movies. I'm going to get, as we get further in the year, hopefully I'll have more opinions because it'll be more recent and I'll be able to tell you all sorts of cool, fun things. That's right. And no words under four syllables. No words That's our under rule. four syllables. Copacetic. <laughs> um, how would you feel about this movie being in our top ten? It, it, it's certainly in the running for me. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have it there. I'd, yeah, I'm going to write it down for the list it feels like one that may be removed but that's probably just because of recency bias 
Yeah, I, I agree with both of those. And also, current cynicism around superhero movies. Do I want a superhero movie in my my top ten <laughs> list? We'll see. What's next? Number three. Uh, this movie kind of flew under the radar. Not a lot of people talked about it. Nobody really saw it, but we did. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Everything Evaware yeah. All at once? I think that's perfect. No, it's Everything Everywhere All at Once. The movie that took the world by storm. People do love this Certainly movie. Certainly one of the movies of this year. Everybody got really excited about it. We didn't see it in the theater because we're bad people. Yeah, we we're are. bad, bad people. We like movies. And suddenly we have all these people who might not normally like movies saying how much they love this particular movie. And that movie doesn't happen to be a sequel or a reboot of anything. And we didn't go see it because we're, we're, we're hypocrites. Yes, we are. But we did see it eventually. And I don't. This is one of those. We'll talk about another one of the movies of the year that I don't exactly vibe with, and that one I feel like I'm living in another universe. But this one I understand why people love it so much. Truthfully, I'm just not one of those people. I mean, it's obviously we're talking about it now, so it clearly made an impression, and there's some real good stuff about this movie, especially in the second half. But the first half just feels like a drudge you dislike this movie more than i do we i mean obviously we both like this movie but i guess i feel the need to almost attack it because <laughs> everybody else loves it so much and i'm like but but movie you're not really that this good yeah or at least not not to your opinion and also not mine either so there's there's three parts to this movie right and they're in the title everything everywhere and all at once and if the everything was as strong as the everywhere and all at once. I think I would probably really like this movie, but I found the everything part of it, the beginning part of it, kind of annoying. Yeah, I would argue that all of the substance of the movie thematically is found in the everywhere part of the movie. And truthfully, and I, I, I sound like a jerk saying this, but this is, I feel like, the most clear way of getting how I feel about the thematic substance of this movie. Where people were reacting like, I mean, it's such like a deep, life-changing experience. Most of the value of this movie is also gotten from that meme of the sad guy going, nothing matters. And then the happy guy going, nothing matters. Like, that's, I mean, that's, that's the movie. That's what the movie's trying to tell us. And... Once you kind of know that that's what the movie's trying to tell you, it becomes a lot less interesting in the ways it is trying to tell you this. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Um, I think I agree that that's part of what the theme is, and I think, um, but I'm not, the way the way you phrase it, I'm not sure. Basically, if it was good, you wouldn't have a problem with the theme, right? It's not the theme; it's how the movie tries to portray the theme correct yes and most movies can be reduced to like one you know not most but like you can you know sum up lessons or themes from a movie and then but it's really just in the execution yeah i, I, so, I don't mean to say that there feels like the simplicate simplification with the meme like that's not your that's not the problem with it it's no. the 
beginning of the movie mainly. Yeah, it's the fact. I mean, part of the appeal of the movie is there's so much going on, and I think at the end they're really able to tie that together. The hot dog finger stuff turning into that into an emotional moment with the like. You know, getting the metaphor of like things going wrong with your hands, but you're getting better with your feet. And then they make the they there's the ratatouille element of the movie and how they basically turn every like random joke into an emotional moment at the end and make it part of this big explosive finale. I was really happy with that. It's just that we had to sit through a lot of movie to get to that. Yeah. And s- some of that movie is populated with action scenes that i think we found overlong and unfun yeah they were they were just kind of boring and they weren't to, to me at least they weren't terribly inventive and i'm not a, like an expert on action fights or anything but like i was it, they certainly didn't stir me and um yeah i found a lot of the jokes annoying but now i did have uh, several laugh out loud moments i do remember that i don't remember exactly what they were but so i enjoyed some of it but yeah mainly i found this annoying and then uh you know, I again like the second part of, part of it a lot. I feel like we should like this movie. This movie seems we don't. Up I guess I actually kind of dislike it. Actually, we'll say we do like it, but no, no, we really don't. I I like it. Okay, good. I like the rock stuff. is very emotional. I just I don't know. I feel like I'm failing to recognize the stuff I do like about this movie because everybody else loves the stuff I like about the movie. So I feel I feel overshadowed. I don't know. I feel. This is bad as someone trying to have an opinion that sounds semi-intelligent that I am being put on the back foot by the public response to this movie and feeling like I have to try to chip away at it or find what is wrong with it just because I didn't love it as much as everybody else. Yeah, I don't think you have to. You know, I think it's okay for you to be like, yeah, it was okay. And, and yeah. yeah, and yeah, it was it was more than okay. It was good. Okay. And there's a good emotional beats, and it does actually say some things about its theme, and some things about meaning in the universe and philosophy, effectively and emotionally. We haven't even really talked about the mother daughter relationship, which I I enjoyed. The acting is very good from Michelle Yao and Stephanie Hizu. But like. The times where it wasn't doing that, I was just being like, Ugh. Yeah, and me just more so. And another thought about this movie and the way it chooses to get across its theme, I think we, I would say that my favorite thing that I watched this year that did not come out this year was season three of the television series Fargo. And that's a thing, that's a show does the thing effectively that this movie does not do very effectively which is having characters to represent ideas because we basically have the daughter character who is you know is also this huge multiversal threat be nihilism and we have this character that represents the opposite of nihilism in waymond and sometimes it felt that those characters were not very interesting outside of the fact that they are you know mouthpieces for big ideas and it became kind of obvious they were just mouthpieces for big ideas and Fargo season three definitely has that as well but they're also able to make those characters feel like real humans who exist for other reasons than to just be let's disprove this philosophical idea 
Do you think if they had gone further into it being a fable, that you would still have that that as a as an issue, or if they had gone completely less and really no fable to it or no um, kind of out there narrative forms, that that would you know would that shake it up either way? Is it the fact that it was kind of in between, or or would you even agree with that? I don't know. What do you mean by? Uh the fable. Well, I think it sounds it. like you're saying like these weren't real characters; they were just embodying different philosophical points of view. So, if it was more, I say, more naturalistic or more realistic, and they were just characters, and the points of view came out through the circumstances of the plot, would do you think that would be a better movie, or it'd just be such a different movie? So, even hard to compare a hypothetical, I guess. I, yeah, I, th- I think probably the latter. All right, pretend I didn't say that. Again, it's another thing. Where again. If this movie was two and a half hours of the second half of this movie, I think we'd be, like, popping the champagne, really loving it. It's just that it does so much. And obviously, everything everywhere all at once would not be everything everywhere all at once if it wasn't doing everything everywhere all at once. (laughs) It's just that sometimes we were like, well, let's let's maybe streamline this a bit. I hear that. I hear that. All right. Let's, uh, I think we've, we've talked about everything. In one place, yeah, and we took turns. <laughs> yeah, we, t- we we were not talking at the same time. I I think it would be wrong of us and disingenuous to our opinion on the movie to have this in our top ten. So I say we do not. I I do not think this movie makes it past this round. I don't think it does either. At least it doesn't for me. I, we agree. What's next Let's in the talk movie, about a movie season? We disagree on, which is. We're all going to the World's Fair. Yeah, I might... S- I don't know if we, we... I think we're disagreeing more and more. Because this is a movie that seems to be sticking with me a little bit. But I definitely didn't love it, and I got the feeling that you did. I did love it. This is a really good movie. And this speaks to a thing I made a point of this time last year. But movies that feel of right now commenting to the people alive right now and the state of the internet and it reminds me of inside and at zola in those ways which was my are my one and two favorite movies from last year uh this is a movie uh may really it's advertised as a horror movie it's not really a horror movie and i think it is if you're going, if you haven't seen this movie and are planning on seeing this movie, I think it would be wrong for you to go into it thinking that it's going to be a horror movie. It is really more uh, personal drama about this, you know, teenage girl struggling with mental health issues and kind of taking this horror online challenge and catching the attention of this older man who is either, you know, maybe trying to groom her, but is also really concerned for her i mean there's basically there's version of events where you can think about it as he's trying to groom her or you can think about it as he's just actually concerned about her but the point is they're both very lonely people who without the existence of the internet would never have interacted yeah and i think a lot of my problems with this movie at the time was the way it was marketed and it really just like the log line or thing. Like it really, I was expecting a horror movie and therefore with viewing it through that lens. And it really is a psychological drama. 
It's a relationship movie. It's like you said about a, a girl with mental health issues and loneliness. It's about lots of those things, but it's not about like elevated horror, which is exactly what I thought I was watching. And it starts off in a way that, like, I you know, I, you know, I, I get why people call it that because that's kind of the parameters at least in the beginning of what what's going on and there's some you know there's some scenes in the beginning that make you think that but uh but yeah so i i didn't love this movie but i did like it and i like it kind of more and more that i think about it and it's it is it is again we have seen this fairly recently though so part of it is that i think but yeah um yeah i think what i'm about to say is wrong or (laughs) what i said after we first saw the movie and I came to the conclusion that you, to my bafflement, did not love this movie, even though I loved this movie. And I attribute it to your age and possibly not having a connectivity to this central teenage girl character and the stuff that I found so truthful and real about that character that maybe you were not able to recognize. But then Tim Grierson, who we both really respect and love, also really loved this movie. I think it was his 11th favorite movie of the year so like uh, he's he's old he's a good five years younger than me and those five years they take a toll (laughs) (laughs) but he so so maybe it's not an age thing maybe you're just an inherently non-empathetic person who doesn't know how to watch movies (laughs) and engage with art that very well could be no but what i really love about this movie which is uh the directorial debut of jane schoenbron is that this central teenage character uh played by anna cobb named casey who was great oh my god the really incredible performance but there are so many moments that feel real to life i i remember and this i guess shows you how like even one moment in a movie can win you over where she's uh the character's talking to the camera and she includes some phrase i think it was um i don't know something that that sounded out of place in the sentence and i immediately identified this as like oh that that wasn't bad writing or awkward writing or or awkward dialogue that was this character who maybe doesn't have as much practice interacting with people and is using words that maybe don't fit because she's seen people on the internet use these words and i've seen that i've done that and i've seen friends of mine do that before when they were younger where i was like where even at the time i was like that that didn't really fit in that sentence and that uh but it is something that you would say if you were like a video essayist online like trying to talk about something and like the fact that that movie was so clearly able to show this thing that i think is pretty niche as far as like witnessing it in human interaction or something that you don't actually really see put on screen all that often i was like okay you've got me moving and that this happens really early on like i'm ready for whatever you have to tell me you've proven that you know (laughs) your subject matter really well and then it just kept giving me this moments of realness there's this really great dramatic scene where Casey kind of rips up this stuffed animal that she's had for a while and then kind of gets sad about it and kind of rips up the stuffed animal for like a video and this, I'd almost call it a fit of edginess 
you know, like, I'm going to destroy this thing that I've had since childhood that I love so much, and then she regrets it, like, almost immediately, and there's, like, doing something, having permanent damage because of impermanent feelings that, like, I think everybody's felt as a human being. Like, I've definitely felt that before, and that's another thing where I don't think I've seen that as accurately represented on the screen as I have before seeing this movie, and it just keeps giving you things like that. There's another scene where she's watching, like, ASMR videos to go to sleep, and there's this sort of idea of, like, the comfort, but also coming through this, you know, cold and inherently cold and lonely internet artifice screen thing, which I think is, like, so, like, trippy and weird, and I've done that before. And I just, it just, like, kept hitting me, and I'm like, oh my god, you definitely know what you're doing with this the type of character that Casey is. I want to, those are three really cool moments, and I remember all of them, and I re- remember the dialogue part you're talking about. I don't remember what exactly was said, but it stood out to me, too. And I kind of took it as, like, an awkward kind of phrasing, which you're which you're which I don't which is not wrong. I but I, I attributed that to like to like a bad line of dialogue, bad writing. Like I completely didn't get that wavelength. And then I don't want to give too many spoilers because I, I do, even though I didn't love this movie as much as Hank does. Um, it's worth watching. Like I, I think so. I, I don't want to spoil it, but part of the conceit of the movie is that, and I think you've already said this, so I think it's it's okay. Is that you know she's entering this kind of online kind of contest or dare it's not really a contest you know kind of thing it's a what do they call it it? it? like an alternate trend reality simulated thing there's some acronym for it okay so i guess some kind of game thing basically you're going to do these challenges you watch a video and part of the watching the video thing and then like then you spear blood on the on the screen yeah it's like so i was thinking that got me immediately thinking like ring you know and because this was billed as a horror movie you know so that's part of where my false kind of impressions of where this was going. But the scene you're talking about where she does, you know, do this thing that she ends up regretting, because of the conceit of the movie and of the game that she's playing, like, I I didn't feel, I didn't trust her feelings of regret because I saw them through the video she's making. Like I, I felt that that was contrived also. So I think that robbed me of some of the emotional resonance of that moment. Cause I didn't believe her because the camera was on her. Yeah. I like think the, her like home camera was on her. I think, yeah, I think it's cause I like, there's definitely, I think this is what happened to you is you enjoy the movie less. If you, don't lie. If you continue thinking throughout the whole thing that eventually this is going to be a horror movie, That's right? That's why I kept waiting. Like, for all right, when's this going to get really scary? Because it is filmed in a way that captures her loneliness and she's isolated. And, you know, so like it is like they're a horror atmosphere. Like it's long takes. Uh, it's creepy visuals. You know, it just feels it feels like it could be a horror movie at any second. And I kept waiting for that and therefore was disappointed when it didn't happen. Yeah, I think it's. I enjoyed the movie more because I got out pretty quickly in that, like, I stopped thinking about that actual, like, horror game element of it and started thinking about how does the video she is making for the horror game reflect her mental state? Because there's a long sequence in the movie that's basically just, like, videos she's making in her YouTube channel. 
and I think a lot of those were so good and that they feel spontaneous and they're just dark enough that it reflects something that you you do start to worry about Casey and what she's feeling right now or even if she is making it for the game like why would she make this for the game like she like makes a video where she says she's gonna kill her dad the next morning yeah and and that really affected you and to me I was like oh she's just saying that for the camera like you went a level deeper and I was just like nah nah (laughs) <laughs> like I, I didn't go I didn't go that level deeper. I think part of what's genuine and not to that that those videos could have been written by Jane Schoenbraun, who I think is in their thirties or something, but I think part of what makes the movie feel so genuine, and obviously I do not know this to be true, is I, I read an interview where it says that a lot of this movie was improvised. And I think part of the realness is that you do have uh, the 19-year-old Anna Cobb, the actress who's obviously closer to the character than the director and the writer is, that it it does feel real to what you would see in real life. Like, I feel, I don't know, I felt like there is a part of the human race that is properly seen in ways i have not seen them before and i think it's a good yeah i know i think the movie ought to be uh, applauded for doing so so i definitely agree that people should see this movie where should this be near your top 10 in your top 10 where do you it's in my top 10 i'm gonna push hard i it's definitely gonna be it's probably gonna be end up being closer to 10 than i would want it to be just because we disagree on the movie but i it has to be in the top 10 for me i think all right i hear that all right, cool. All right, what's the next movie in contention? It's uh, The Northman. Ooh. Well, The Northman. I think it's The Northman. Yeah, The Northman. That's I, how you I, would pronounce it. I that. think so. Well, actually, if you're doing it right, you'd pronounce it in a language that wasn't English. Yeah, so. well, it's kind of cool uh, seeing those runes, I guess. That, man, is that runes? I don't think that's runes. <laughs> that might have been. That's, I think that's actually a very culturally <laughs> insensitive thing for you to say. I maybe unless it is it runes, feel and then I'm the culturally <laughs> insensitive one. Anyways, I like the funny lines on the screen. That's probably <laughs> worse. That is totally worse. <laughs> uh, the Northman man, what do you think? Um, really good. I mean, everything that pe- who people who like this movie say about this movie is true, in that it is epic and like doesn't even try to like misses you with the self-awareness crap okay and and not not in this period piece we're just gonna go full on you want to hear about a story that takes place in vikings no we are a story (laughs) for vikings like our hero like pillages towns and does brutal brutal savage violence and like, no, we're not going to question that about him. No, this is this is what our Norse Viking hero does. And you can complain about it all you want, but we don't care. Yeah, it was good. I make this movie sound like it's about to tweet, like, uncancelable or something. <laughs> I, I, make, I make the movie sound like a total jerk, <laughs> but that's... Yeah, no, it's just a wonderful period piece and world building that is completely committed. And the story is simple, but good. Uh, you know, well, basically, it's you know akin to Hamlet. 
the story of revenge against an uncle. Uh, with there's some twists and turns in what you what you presume is happening, but it's basically a story of a of a of a boy who escapes and as a man wants to get revenge. And some of the best stories are the simplest stories. You know, there's it's primal, it's gorgeous, uh, it's brutal, it feels like you're there. Uh, it's one of those movies that kind of changes the way you walk. I don't know if that's a meism or clear, but like there's some movies where you just it kind of just gets into your body. And we would, you know, we watch this at home, and we would pause, and maybe I'd go to the restroom. But I was walking differently than I was beforehand, you know, and I've, I've that has happened to me in several different movies, including uh, Children of Men, one of my favorite movies. Um, it, the acting was incredible. I thought the writing was great. Uh, again, it was beautiful. It takes those myths of um, the of the religion, the Norse religion, the myths or whatever they uh, and there is complete commitment, you know, to it. You know, there's visions, there's mysticism, there's witches. It's I don't know. It's it goes there, and it, I thought it was really good. Yeah, this is a fully committed movie. With the vi- like the visuals, the action set pieces are all about showing the story in its most like primal Viking way, without like winks or nods. And this applies to the cast as well, which like. These characters who are, you know, feel like are performing this animalistic violence and these big emotions and these growls and these rituals. It requires this complete lack of insecurity on the screen. Alexander Skarsgård is incredible. The whole cast is incredible. Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Clive Bang, Ethan Hawke, Anya Taylor-Joy, Willem Dafoe. Just like total... Yeah, energy. Yeah. It just really is like a like an adrenaline pump movie, and like this is like almost like an anti everything everywhere all at once in terms of the action scenes, which I think are like just long enough and are really cool. I mean, we're looking at different things, obviously, when it comes to the action scenes in both movies. So it's it's unfair to compare the two because one's a period piece and one's not. But it just it's it, it's so. It's just a, it's a it's a it's a capital C cool movie, and that's definitely very intentional. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I definitely recommend seeing this movie. I wish I had seen it on a larger screen. Uh, I think that would have been something quite uh, quite quite an experience. Uh, but yeah, I love. I really I really like this movie a lot. Yeah. This would this will probably be near and just probably be in my top ten or certainly near it. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna right now. I, yeah, this is probably gonna be in our top ten. All right, cool, 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 cool. And what month did this come out? I don't remember. Okay, but we're still decently early in the year. Oh, now we're gonna do a movie. <laughs> yeah, nice. All right, that's I uh, keep thinking of uh, and Kate Blanchett's and and Todd Fields. A criterion closet thing that they did she like points at a movie i forget what movie it was and it's like no, no that's a movie <laughs> no, that's i love a that movie. that like goes great. in my head every time i like anything like if i'm like i take a like i eat something and i'm like well that's food <laughs> yeah. that was good so the, the criterion closet thing is uh, you can youtube it and it's you know like they're like five to 15 minutes long but basically they've got 
you know, film and artist people going into the Criterion Collection closet and picking out movies that they can take home and have. And, of course, they're picking up movies and then talking about their relationship with them and where they saw them and anything. It's really fun to watch. So if you're looking for some uh, non uh, – for some good YouTube, that's uh, I'd recommend that. All right, we got Alex Garland's most recent movie. That's Men, which is another horror movie, which is really, really good. You yeah. talk first. Yeah. I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I was really excited about it. I like Alex Garland a lot. Uh, I like his work a lot. Uh, I like his ethos, the way he apparently runs his sets. It's very much uh, a you know group effort, which is you know duh. It takes a lot to make a film, but it's also non hierarch hierarchical hierarchical. <laughs> yes, how thank you. I pronounce it wrong. <laughs> Boom. Eloquence, uh, sophistication. I like it. Uh, so that seems to be like a really great way to work. I mean, obviously somebody needs to make a final decision and he usually gets to do that because he's the writer and the director. Uh, but mainly it's because he's the writer. Somebody has a question to him. He's like, well, this is what I was thinking, that kind of thing. But anyway, so interviews is really fun to listen to him talk. I think it'd be incredible to work with him. Um, and this was a this like a small kind of spooky, eerie uh, movie. There was a little bit of kind of stunt casting move in it, and that uh, one actor plays Roy Kinnear. Roy Kinnear plays the, all the male roles, uh, but that's that's on theme and done for a reason. And um, it was spooky. It goes there. It's out there. Like some stuff happens, and you're just like, well, okay, I'm just we're gonna go along for this ride. This is the story. This is what we're doing. Uh, the actress whose name I'm blanking on. You're blanking. Yes, on I am. Jesse Buckley. Yes, yes, yes. I was. Indeed. Who we 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 adore in this household. Sometimes our brain uh, doesn't function with love. Uh, Jesse Buckley was fantastic. She was so watchable and has to do so many things in this movie. Uh, I thought it was really fun. I don't wanted to give really too many spoilers away. Um, it's totally worth watching though. Yeah, I would say this movie, and this we talked about theme and it being more about execution. This is a movie that is really about one thing, or, or two interrelated things. And that is, how are, what are the awful ways in which men perceive women? You know, we have characters who want to use Jesse Buckley as a figure for love, a figure for repressed sexual desire, a figure of motherhood, and, and you know, all the ways men are guilty of viewing women as, as tools to provide these things for them, and how, and we also, the second thing is how women respond to these perceptions, and I think it's one of those movies where, like, everything, I mean, it's very clear about what it's about. The movie title is Men. And it spends its entire runtime and everything about the movie using metaphor and dialogue to get that point across. And I think it just does that so effectively. Like, everything is fully committed to its theme, and every visual it shows you is going to be trying to advance that in some way. And I think that's <laughs> that's very noble and, and done inc incredibly well. I think the, the choice to have Roy Kinnear playing every male character is like really inspired and is like 
really makes you get it because this is one of those like I, I feel like some people I don't know who I'm even thinking of saying this like kind of get like yeah when you hear the word like allegory or metaphor but by making Roy Kinnear every male character like it, it it's it's metaphor and allegory that is very simply and not it's not spoon fed to you but it's not hidden <laughs> from you either like I mean Alex Garland is not trying to like do a little dance with you he's like this movie's about this can you see how the movie's about this and that's not as obnoxious as i'm making it sound it's actually it's a really smart and he's getting on the level of the audience yeah i agree that the uh i that it, the, the having him play helped and in, in works and it's not the kind of thing i mean maybe it is but it you wouldn't necessarily pick up on that immediately like they do a good job, or he does a great job of differing the differentiating the characters, uh, wardrobe, makeup, costume, <laughs> both wardrobe and costume together, <laughs> do a great job of helping differentiate the characters. Uh, but it does. We're not. We are in an allegory, and but it it doesn't feel. Um, it feels grounded in in a way that is uh, enjoyable and scary and exciting. But we've been disingenuous. Roy Kinnear plays every male character not in flashback. Oh, yes. Because so there she we has there the, we the, the, yeah. the, the, the ex-boyfriend or the ex-husband. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's a really good part of the movie. It forms her psychology and gives you sort of real-world examples of the horror. This is, this is another thing I like about the metaphor in this movie. It's like while it's doing the horror movie stuff, it is never... It tells you from the beginning that the supernatural monster is a metaphor for men. And, I guess, the patriarchy. So it doesn't need... It doesn't feel the need to provide any real universe explanation for the supernatural monster. It just kind of just... I think that frees itself to be as scary as it can be. And as articulate on its theme as it can be. Because it doesn't need to be like, well, this is an ancient forest spirit that is haunting has haunted this town for blah 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 how many however many generations it doesn't need to do that a worse movie would do that and this movie doesn't do that because it it lets you know that like hey here's this monster it's a metaphor for men let it do its thing and don't really think about it all that much because it's not really such and such supernatural entity attacking her the movie you intellectually know while watching the movie that it's a metaphor for men attacking her and that's all you need to know really right and then then that causes that lets uh jesse buckley's character not have to search for like clues of who this like it can just deal with this this force of nature that is man uh directly you know she's not like kind of looking for clues in a map and or like the lost legend of blank you and know, it's you, just you dealing with it. You don't leave the theater being like, well, what, what was that monster? I don't get it. You don't need to get it to get the movie because the movie lets you know it's it's men is the monster. We we are the monster. Yeah, yeah. Good movie. Jesse this... Buckley is very good in this movie. We do not see women talking, which is a movie that apparently contains another really, really good Jesse Buckley performance. But she, I mean, she's spending most of the time reacting to this. I think Alex Garland talked about how, like, he kept being like, you know, react scared. But Jesse Buckley does so much more than be scared. Like she's like mostly irritated, annoyed <laughs> yeah. at what's going on. And I think that's accurate. And she has just one of the best like 
scene atmosphere plus dialogue plus acting moment and that it is during the end of the movie so it's like kind of a spoiler but that, i mean it's not going to ruin the movie for you to know this we're like the monster who has sort of formed itself into the ex-husband or ex-boyfriend is like she's like what do you want from me and he's like your love she's like yeah <laughs> I'm sorry, that's so poor, but it's so good. I just feel the need to like yeah, that was... say it again because it's like, sure, you want your love, whatever like warped <laughs> sense of, of the sort of male gaze love. She's like, yeah, okay, I knew that. Sure, whatever, dude. Like, yeah, she's so that's what you're going to call this. Over it. And she also has, there's another female character besides her in the movie. And the scenes together, it, it makes its point very well about sort of her the other women being the comfort zone and for a movie that is so good it scares the fact that Alex Garland's like yeah and I'll give you a happy ending too you know as happy as it can be I was just like clap 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 I re- this is a really good movie yeah this is uh, I would say this is in my top 10 definitely oh good and All this right. one we did see in a theater we did see in a theater and obviously, I'm I, glad I, we did. I find I like the movies I see in a theater more than the ones I watch at home. Why is that? Yeah, almost like they were just designed for Almost that. like they're meant to be seen in a theater. There's a place. Wait, no, that's <laughs> yeah, not the now, right. Whatever. Whatever Nicole Kidman <laughs> whatever says. Whatever Nicole Kidman says. <laughs> uh, what was the movie that all the kids were dressing up to go see? Was that this year? Morbius. Thank you. That Morbius or uh, the, my head the Minions movie. Okay, thank you. We did not see either. If they were to dress up to see this next movie, they'd do it in burger costumes. Because we're talking about Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> 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 no, no, it's the Bob's Burgers movie. Uh, which is like, it's fun. It's fun. We watched this at home. It was fun. Yeah. We watched this as a family. It was good. And I've, it's now coming on, like it's on whatever cable. And so I'll catch it and leave it on. And it's, I think I was a little underwhelmed because I just wanted it to be amazing because I, I really like Bob's Burgers. It's what it ought to be. It's fun. It's got, you know, the amount of heart that the average, you know, Bob's Burgers episode has. Like, it's not doing too much. It's not overexerting itself. It's what it needs to be. I yeah. was happy well, with it. And it's growing on me. This is one of those I'm looking, I enjoy more and more. Uh, every, you know, again, I watch, I'll watch 20 minutes here and there and really enjoy that experience. So I think it's one I'll watch again, you know, fairly soon and, uh, and enjoy. I really liked it. And this does, I remember, I, I was try. I re-listened to the podcast we did on January 1st of this year, not all of it, but like a little bit of it, to find out what we said for our most anticipated movies. And I remember when I was talking about Bob's Burgers as one of our most anticipated movies where I said that I wanted movies based on television, and I was mainly thinking of the community movie when I had this in mind. Sorry, we got a little fireworks. This is New Year's Eve. Uh, That it ought to be just a longer version of a plot that we do for an episode, and I think that's an overgeneralization telling what all movies of a certain type could be. That's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> but the, the, the movie, listen to me, you know, it is kind of the plot of what a, maybe like an extra special episode of Bob's Burgers would be. Maybe not a normal episode, but like, it doesn't feel the need to include every supporting character in the cast. Like, 
It, yeah, it, it's a nice movie, and it doesn't. Yeah, it was a fun, good movie. It's not Citizen Kane. It's the Bob's Burgers movie. It's <laughs> it needs to do what the Bob's Burgers movie does, and it did it. So yeah. that's a thumbs up for me. Not going to be in our top ten, but it's definitely above the line. Oh wow! Uh, so I just actually, besides hearing the fireworks, I just saw the fireworks, and they're the really fancy kind of cool kind. Celebrating New Year's Eve, of course, at seven sixteen p.m. As we all know. When the new year really begins. Well, would you rather, I mean, would you rather the loud <laughs> noises being made at 2 a.m.? I mean, like, what are you asking for? I'd here? rather than wait till our podcast is over. <laughs> no, no, it's fun. It gets us in the, in the mood. I was already in the mood. It's come time. It's, it's the big things happening. All right. I've been thinking about what I was going to say about this. It's the big TGM. Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> the movie of 2022, the movie of the summer. Everybody and their Republican voting grandfather liked this movie. <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. Now, and we actually in prep for this movie because this was highly anticipated uh, by at least your mom and I, because uh, we really enjoyed the first one. It was definitely part of our growing up teenage years kind of thing. It was a, it made an impact, man. Uh, so we watched the first one again, and it wasn't good. I, I I thought it was okay. I I your expectations were probably pretty low. Headline: We're not the world's biggest fans of Top Gun Maverick. We, it's made it to here, so we liked it. The stunts are amazing. The visuals are amazing. Like, I mean, you know, Tom Cruise learned how to fly a fighter jet. That should not go unappreciated. Exactly. That deserves note. It's it's you know again how they how they filmed what they did was amazing. The story was not quite as exciting. I liked Val Kilmer. I'm glad they got him in there. I liked how they used that. And did that. That was a good device. Uh, I mean, I left the theater like, oh, yeah, it was a pretty good movie. And visuals were great. And then everybody else. This was the one where I'm like, y'all, are we on the same, like, planet? This is another one where I feel like I'm going to end up voicing my opinions on the movie as more my opinions on other people's opinions on the movie. <laughs> Here are the things that's good Some about this movie. Some people are saying. The action visuals and the way they shot it is incredible. It's a great feet now a great technical feat does not inherently mean that it is being done for a great movie exactly I, that's i agree with that 100 percent. tom cruise is good because he's tom cruise i don't think he's especially good for a tom cruise performance i think he is he is being there as tom cruise and he's acting, and he's you know one of the best actors we have, so it's gonna be great. But it's not especially great. It's he's there, he's Maverick, but he's not like doing much more than being there and being Maverick. Which one? Which movie? This or Everything Everywhere All at Once? Did you more feel like we're on a different planet than the people who love these movies? This one more so because people talked about the emotion. And the relationship between the Tom Cruise character and the Miles Teller character. And I feel like the movie gave us, like, a bowl of cereal. And people act like it gave us a five-course meal of, like, emotional heart. Like, oh, my God, it's it's a return to proper blockbusters. It's cool, but it's also got a soul. And I, I the movie, I, I left this movie, in which we did see in a theater, which I think would have would have been an absolutely fool's mistake not to see this in the theater. Like going, okay, 
that was a pretty good blockbuster movie, but it I I did not feel it feeling any less soulless than like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I I know exactly what you're saying, but yeah. Again, I I thought walked out. Yeah, pretty good movie. Yeah, it's a pretty good blockbuster movie. It's not yeah. like for what it was inventing anything. Exactly. I think. I don't know why people love this movie as much. I feel as like they this did. movie ought to be received like we received the Bob's Burgers movie, and people are acting like they saw like, uh, insert real uh, Tokyo <laughs> Vertigo. You know, there we go. I agree. I agree. So number two in our list. No, no. I'm not going to make it on our top ten. <laughs> no, not I, not this, in the top. This ten. movie barely, barely across the line, and also I feel like we couldn't go. It would be disingenuous to go a podcast about the best movies in 2022 without talking about Top Gun Maverick, just because of how much of a sen- sensation it was. But I, yeah, yeah, I hear you. I remember I was the visuals watching, on these fireworks are pretty incredible. There's a the there's a movie YouTuber that I don't I don't really watch. I used to watch much more than I did, but now I stay subscribed. And I, I tuned in. It, it, it's Austin Burke, and I tuned into his uh, top ten video because I I was I wanted to know what his top ten movies were. Um, That's a good reason. And his number one was Top Gun Maverick. Oh, it was? I know. And I was like, I, 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 I felt a little betrayed. You've outgrown him. You've outgrown Austin Burke is what. Well, let's not. Uh, movie opinions are movie opinions. Let's not talk about it as outgrowing. You outgrew you know, him. He can like, I'm, I'm sure A.O. Scott enjoyed this movie too. Like, uh, it's about our opinion probably more than it is about the movie. So you outgrew A.O. Scott too. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what A.O. Scott thought of this movie? I don't I, what's the noise? Can we talk about the the um the, we were talking about? I was talking about this. I made some joke about it uh, beforehand. We were talking about how Top Gun Maverick would not be on our top ten. And I remember when A.O. Scott released his top ten, like some guy like took a picture of it. And was like, I I haven't seen any of these movies. Where's Top Gun Maverick? And Elon Musk was like, New York Times has gone full woke because it doesn't have your stupid. Freaking Maverick on it, <laughs> being like, "Don't think, just do." Oh my! Can we? There's a lot to talk about. People, it's vindicating when you have something that you don't like, and then you see people you don't like like it, and people you like don't like it. Like it, it makes you feel like you're <laughs> on the right side of history. Because Noah Hawley, and this uh, article he wrote recently, and he wasn't really like taking down Top Gun Maverick. He was talking about how it has ideas that represent certain myths about America, certain, especially right-wing myths about America and how that may be detrimental. He, he probably likes the movie. Who knows? But I, I remember being like, yeah, Noah Hawley, who is the creator of uh, Fargo and Legion and really t- talented writer, super cool dude, definitely idolized by us two. Yeah, well, I mean, we can't be sheeple if we're not with the other sheep, right? Exactly. <laughs> we're all sheep. We're all, we're all sheep. Yeah, I'm glad this movie did well. I'm glad I, you know, I'm glad people went to the theater to see it, because uh, you know we we need that. And I'm glad they had now a good, more than they, ever. <laughs> now more than ever. And I'm glad they had a good time. Um, and it, you know, yeah, pretty good movie. Not in our top ten. No. All right, now we have a movie that I didn't see, but you did, and you liked it. It's a golf movie. It's called The Phantom of the Open. Yeah. 
It stars Mark, Mark Rylance. Rylance. That's all I know about the movie. You talk now. I will. So Mark Rylance is one of my favorite actors. I saw him on Broadway in Jerusalem, and it was probably the best performance I've ever seen in not, my entire not, life. You were not locationally in Jerusalem. No, that's the name of the play. The name of the play is Jerusalem. I now, now I'm totally second-guessing that. Maybe our producer will, uh, yeah, all right, we don't have a producer. Uh, we'll look that up. But I think it was Jez Butterworth's play, Jerusalem. Again, not positive on that. You you saw it in Istanbul, though. Exactly. <laughs> uh, saw it in Broadway in New York City. And uh, so I love this guy. I try to see everything that he does. He's won an Oscar, so he's not like a secret by any means. And for his Tony wins, he recites poetry from another, he's from Minnesota, uh, another uh, from Minnesota poet. And he used to run like the Globe Theater in London. He's just a really great kind of badass actor. And in this, he plays this true story. I think it takes place in the 60s or 70s or something where, like, there's no internet and people can get away with this. Like, he decides he wants to enter the British Open. So golf tournaments that are open are technically anybody can qualify for them, but you do have to qualify. You usually qualify by playing, like, smaller tournaments, and then you kind of get in. There's, like, a process. And he just wrote a letter in saying, you know, I want to be in this golf tournament. And through a, like a clerical error or through just like uh, lax kind of like uh, guarding on it, he got in. He's never played golf in his life. And so he starts trying to play golf. And it is a wonderful, feel-good story. Like it is, it is it's beautiful. There's drama with the family. I saw it on a plane, you know, so it's this tiny screen. But it's not a, um, it's not like a big wide-open Montana Vista kind of movie. Um, and I found it utterly charming. It's short. Um, if you want something that kind of makes you feel good, um, see this because it, it's it's really a lovely movie. Uh, need need to be in our top ten. It doesn't need to be in our top ten, but it's you know it would be in the twelve to thirteen range, I think, for me. Okay. Um, but yeah, go see this movie. Actually, don't go see it. Uh, watch it at home. Okay, it's time for, this is a movie, this is a similar situation, Top Gun Maverick and everything, everywhere all at once, where it's on everybody's, like, top ten lists, except for, we actually really enjoy this movie, we just, like, don't have very intelligent things to say about it. This is Jordan Peele's Nope, (laughs) which, you know, everybody, like, says it's doing such great things, and we're like, yeah, we like the movie too, I'm not, didn't really catch what you're talking about. But you sound really smart saying it, so I'm going to say you're right, and we just we missed this. Yeah, I want to give a second viewing to this movie. Um, I thought it was pretty good, and I but I was a little disappointed, you know? And I think it's just Get Out was so darn good that I want everything he does to be at that level uh, for me, you know? Maybe, maybe it is at that level, and it just doesn't resonate with me. Um, but I was a little, you know, I was disappointed in us. But I was excited about this idea, and uh, it was a good movie. But I didn't, I didn't love it, love it like a lot of people seem to love it, love it. Yeah, this movie looks beautiful. You know the whole thing, but they like invented a whole new type of like day for night shooting for this movie. Oh yeah, this does have like I don't know if it's Montana vistas, but it has a West vistas. Yeah, and the, a lot of this movie looks good. It just it was I I wasn't. I didn't really tune into this movie's wavelengths unless I wanted to. The Steven Yoon stuff and the monkey stuff is awesome. That was so cool. 
like that. I feel like I actually got that part of the movie. Stephen Yeun gives one of my, like my favorite performances of the year as this person, and, and it's something that initially seems totally unrelated, but is connected thematically. And it's like probably the scariest sequence in this movie is the monkey going wild on a daytime television set. Like, yeah, that was terrifying. And I thought it was saying good things about past trauma and a little bit like the the takeaway you see people writing about is like what it says about the human capacity for turning violence into spectacle for own viewership. And I don't know if I caught that when watching it. I thought the alien looks cool and all the acting is really good and it, it, it looks good, but I wasn't, I did not recognize this movie to be as intelligent as everybody else did. Except for, like, I, I, I caught the generational trauma part, and I thought that was really good. But I found myself being like, hey, alien movie, let's, 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 let's see what Steven Yoon's up to. Yeah, I, I definitely think I am underappreciating this movie. Uh, and, w- yeah, and I, I've said it before, I want a second, I want a second shot at this one. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't think we have... We've, I think we've proven, seeing other people's reactions, that we're not the people to talk about this movie. But this is certainly not... You <laughs> can do it much more is, intelligently than we can. This is not like Chop Gun Maverick or Everything Everywhere All at Once. We're like, we do actually really love this movie. Or not really love this movie. We love. We recognize this movie to be lovable, really good. It's... We, yeah, we could, it didn't it didn't grab us like it grabbed many other people. I would be comfortable with this movie in the top ten. It probably won't make the cut, but I'm gonna write it down. Okay, yeah, can yeah throw it throw it for the uh, consideration for the next level. Like this, this this feels like eleven to me, <laughs> depending on how it works out. Yeah, who knows? We, we might only end up with nine. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, it is what it is. Here we go. Here's a movie that is. That's a movie. Is no, this is this movie does not deserve the that's a movie treatment. Okay, though it is a motion picture. We're talking about Bullet Train. Bullet Train, Bullet Train, Bullet Train. It's got Brad Pitt. It's got stuff that I th- I thought was pretty obnoxious and some stuff that's pretty cool and some pretty good action scenes. You said let's put this movie above the line. I don't think I would have done that, so I'm gonna let you talk about that. That sounds good. So do you remember why we saw this movie? Because uh, we like to see a movie on the first day of school, and we were going to see, I remember this, I forgot the details of it, we thought the plaza was showing, the the plaza is like the coolest theater we have over here, uh, where we live, you know, it shows old movies, it shows really good movies, it's been around for like probably almost 100 years, if not more. Yeah, it's an old school movie house, and uh, they show some art movies. They show like kind of whatever they want, and they do. They're the kind of place that does like a midnight Rocky Horror kind of stuff. Anyways, a good movie theater, and I thought I don't even remember the movie that I thought was playing. Starship Troopers. Yeah, Starship Troopers. And We're like, excited and to like, see that on like physical film they had with them. Like, exactly, and then we show up there and it's locked. <laughs> so we're like, what are we gonna see? What are we gonna see? We have to follow tradition. We have to see a movie. We've done it for the past several years. I I really like it. Bullet Train was the movie we saw, and, and we s- Bullet Train did what it needed to do. Yeah, so it, it it exceeded expectations. So it was on one of those screens where the screen is like on the side of the walls as well, and that was enjoyable. So it's it's action, it's bright lights, you know, it's bright colors. There's a lot going on. It's Brad Pitt, eminently watchable. 
um, fun action. It was just you know it's just a fun movie, and when I'm thinking it's going to be a fun kind of dumb movie, the fact that it's fun and a little bit above a dumb movie it means a lot. So you know definitely not in the top ten, but I think it's worth talking about just because it is a surprise to me and maybe it will be to you as well. So if you are you're looking for that type of film, like it's really fun. It's really enjoyable. But not in the top ten. Dad, do you think every Toshiro Mifun performance would be improved if it was actually done by Brad Pitt? No. So that's a that's a joke that I shouldn't have made that joke because that's not funny. So I don't think you even found it funny, though. I don't know who o- that person only is. you think. would. But a very famous Japanese actor worked with Kira Kurosawa a lot. Brad Pitt worked with Kurosawa. <laughs> no, but I, I made a joke uh, a day or two ago. Like, do you think every George Clooney performance? Because I'm not not the world's biggest George Clooney fan. When I when I do. I think Brad Pitt has a lot of the good qualities that I don't see in George Clooney, so I made some kind of obnoxious, purposely obnoxious comment where it was like, do you think every George Clooney performance would be improved if it was actually Brad Pitt? So that was the joke, except for I was placing with like one of like the canon of greatest actors ever. And like, it, like the joke was like, if I said, do you think every Lawrence Olivier performance would have been improved if it was done by Brad Pitt? I thought it was still a very fine joke. Uh, go see Bullet Train. Or don't go see it, because you can't. Okay, back to a horror movie. This was another one of, I think, the movies of the year. Where, like, for a certain type of person, this is their favorite movie of the year. They probably loved it. They probably get really excited for it. We're late to the party <laughs> on Barbarian. Yeah, very late to the party. Uh, Airbnb, horror movie, tonal shifts, Def- crazy script. Really cool. Yeah, definitely a movie you don't want to know a lot about going into. I think that we heard reviewers say that, and I agree with that 100%, because they're, they're, it, it does not go where you think it's going to go. You know, bottom line. Or maybe it does eventually, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I want to be careful not to say too much. Yeah, the point is it's really good. You liked this movie more than I did. Did I? I re- recognize. I after we saw the movie that's the when we just we were chatting about it like quickly for a little bit that's the <laughs> air i got i think this movie is a good horror movie possibly even a great horror movie this movie does not need to be on my top 10 i think it might be need to be on your top 10 i could be wrong yeah i think it probably is in my top 10 i was really surprised by it I really enjoyed it. it it was very engaging and we saw this at home I yelled at the screen a lot, which happens in horror movies, but I, you know, I got some things annoyed. drove me nuts. <laughs> I got actually, like, I got, I got probably more annoyed than I should have been with the amount of times, because a little bit I, I wanted to be like, oh my god, just let, please let the movie play. I know that's part of the appeal of, like, it's late at night, watching a horror movie on our television, but, like, just let the movie be a movie <laughs> for, like, at least a th- three minutes span before you heckle it especially <laughs> if it's a first time viewing I good day sir <laughs> appropriately chastised <laughs> for my behavior during this movie and i gotta tell you he's not all wrong uh so yeah I, I, people have talked a lot about this movie a big hit for this year um fun movie scary movie 
frustrating movie, enjoyable movie, uh, you know, different than most horror movies that I've seen. Again, I'm not an expert in the genre, but uh, I really enjoyed this movie. It ended in a way that I appreciated. Um, it had something to say. I mean, horror movies do have something to say. You know, almost don't all. don't let me John Carpenter elevated exactly. horror. Exactly, I know. I didn't. Her. I didn't. I'm not going to. Um, so, and I was I say I liked what it had to say, and it operated on a couple of different levels that maybe I didn't pick up on right away, but it kind of sunk in eventually. And then reading about the movie later, like, I was like, oh yeah, that was there. That's interesting. So, I, this could be in my top ten. Yeah, well, I'm definitely putting it on the list. Oh, good, but I. In my, if I had, if I, this was in Hank Harris auteur, you know, project, it would not make the list, but we'll, we'll see. All right, cool. Barbarian. Barbarian. Nothing I didn't really like about this movie. I just, I didn't, I maybe expected it to have more to say than I at least maybe recognized it was saying, which I, you know, I could be wrong. I can hear like that. Like it almost, I mean, we talk, we, I've, we talk about how elevated horror is kind of like, like a little bit roll your eyes on this, because like, what do you mean by elevated horror? All horror is kind of elevated. Every piece of art has theme, you know? Like it's not special in that way. But I almost expected this movie to be more elevated horror than it was. And I don't know, maybe I was a little disappointed in that. Yeah, well, it was definitely built up for us. You know, people, I mean, it's on, it is on other people's top ten lists. So, I think we were expecting a lot. And for me, it, for me, it delivered. Uh, now we have another one of the movies of the year. A movie that we both really love, but I think you love just a little bit more than I do. I think this is, this reminds me of the thing with uh, Drive My Car last year, where this seems to be, like, the general, like, aggregate like consensus best movie of the year and that is tar starring that's a movie herself <laughs> that's an actress giving a really incredible uh performance Kate Blanchett uh playing you know Lydia Tar. I mean it's a character study she's in every scene of this like two and a half hour long movie just doing everything with physicality and every emotion and making this person who might playing this complicated person accurately to their complications like definitely I mean I know like headline great actress gives great multifaceted performance but like <laughs> it's true in this situation great actress gave great multifaceted performance or a character that definitely needed that multifaceted performance yeah, I think from the very first scene, which the movie starts unconventionally, you know, uh, I just felt like, okay, I'm in, I'm in a really good movie. Like I immediately felt like that this is going to be a ride. It's going to be well done. There's not going to be clunky dialogue. There's not going to be any bad acting. It, you know, transports you into a different, uh, you know, societal world. It's beautiful. Uh, Kate Blanchett is fantastic. All the other actors are really great as well. It's got something to say. Uh, it has an ending that allows the viewer to kind of do what they want with it, which is exciting. Um, 
I just I think it was a, just a fabulous movie, and I was along for the entire ride. Yeah, let me use this as an excuse to use the word unflinching, which I think <laughs> is like people who like to try to sound intelligent about film, like me, love the word unflinching. <laughs> this movie covers a lot of things and covers it in a way that doesn't flinch. <laughs> it uh. <laughs> <laughs> it uh it is covering a ton of ground in this person's life this kind of like capital g capital m great men thing where she's a master of her craft and it's kind of flipping the thing on her head by it being a woman instead of you know some guy as it often is in movies like she's manipulative these people love her but are also being used by her but she also loves her family she also there's a haunted house element to the movie too where uh her guilt seems to personify itself in these weird happenings around her that are only exist for like a scene or two and it treats every part of the movie just as seriously and with just as sort of an objective non-judgmental angle as it does every other part of the movie. And I think that makes for like a, a two and a half hours that feel equally weighted and equally cared for. I think that you think you bring up a really good point and it, it does feel non-judgmental. Like we are seeing this, this story, we are seeing this woman move through the world and do uh, some horrible things and also do some nice things. And it's just there recording it uh, and kind of leaving us uh, to decide you know how, what we're how we're gonna judge judge her. Um, I completely forgot what I was going to say, and so I will continue to say that I completely forgot what I'm gonna say until I think of it. But I can't. Would you like you to have a fall from grace, and then me to come up and say the thing you were gonna say, and then you like push me? Can we do that? Wait, what? <laughs> That's a reference to the events that of the movie tar yes i guess i would that would be that would be wonderful <clears throat> yeah a lot of good a lot of good writing in this movie a lot of good directing in this movie ending that is often talked about i didn't like it as much as a lot of people did i had a different perspective on it than you did your perspective i think improves the movie that's not what i felt while watching it the last 20 minutes kind of takes sort of separates itself from the rest of the movie. It's sort of like a train car thing, you know, movies where they cut the cut the train line and they let the the front one or the back one go off on its own. That's kind of what it is. So I I did not like that as much as the rest of the train. But there's probably people who really enjoyed that train car. Yeah, I think that that's a good way to put it. I mean, she is legitimately talented. So what do you do with legitimately talented people who do awful things? How do you feel about them? You know, it, you get to you get to weigh in on many, many kind of things that we're dealing with as a society right now, and we get to do it in a very stylish, uh, beautiful way. You know, it's 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 obvious and subtle at the same time. Like the camera, you know, shows you some things, and you're like, you see stuff coming, and you're like, uh, I know what this is. We, I think I know this character, and then um, it kind of lets. It lets the chips fall, and like there's nothing, um, nothing really feels forced. You know, it just feels like it feels like these are the things. These are real, this is a real person, and these are the choices that she's made, and these are the consequences of those choices. And it's funny. 
This is not like I, I laughed out loud several times. Yeah, this is not a movie <laughs> that acknowledges its audience or cares to cater to its audience. Like, yeah, it's not like, hey, this is here's this issue. This is here's the situation. It's like, like this is the part of the movie. This is again, this is stuff that bothered me. Not to keep harping on the same thing that bothered me about everything everywhere all at once. We're like part of it like this is the part about nihilism and tar doesn't do that tar doesn't do this is the part of the movie about cancel culture this is the part of the movie about great artistry it just shows you it it doesn't care if you're watching like i know like movies movies don't exist without people in between projectors and screens but like this movie wants to this movie is a little bit of like an island in terms of connection to the audience yeah, I agree. And in, again, it's it's an intelligent movie. It makes makes it loose. makes me want to learn more about symphony and conducting and classical music. And I, I wish I was a little more. Uh, I, there's so many references I know I didn't get. Like I'm there, there's many many levels of art on this movie that uh, that I'm sure I'm not appreciating, but I really did. I really dug it. I'll say one more one more thing. And this is obviously in our top ten, right? It, yeah, it is for me. Yeah, definitely for me as well. I think the exception to that is that, like, for almost a prologue, it comes in before the credits. I don't know. Th- can we talk about our experience seeing this movie? Well, I'll talk about the scene and our then our experience seeing the movie. I'm very uh, jumbled. Sure. Um, like there is like a the first very first scene. It's like this like text message thing, and I, I I don't exactly remember what the character is, or if it, it tells us who the character is. It's like, do you still love her? Referring to Lydia Tarr, and that that is almost like addressing the audience. It's like. All right, let's see the end of this movie. Are you gonna love Lydia Tarr? Do you still love her? Like, oh, that's really cool. I, I, I uh, obviously I picked up on. I saw that occur. Uh, I didn't really pick up on that level of it asking the audience, but that that really that makes a lot of sense. That's very very cool. Okay, but uh, for a movie like the lights only came like the it felt like the lights like I was getting worried because they were staying up as the movie was starting, and we see that first like prologue scene, and then the credits are coming in. And I got worried, like, oh, no, 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 are the lights, is this a problem? Are the lights going to stay on uh, the whole time? Am I going to be able to properly evaluate this movie and enjoy this movie? The lights are on the whole time, but is that going to be a distraction? And then, I don't know, if, if, I don't know if this is the movie telling us, telling the theater to do this, or the plaza's just cool, but I think the lights dimmed in accordance with the score. Yeah, we need to, we need to Google this and see if that, that is something that was planned in the movie. So, yeah, like... That was cool because it made it feel like 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 almost like live theater. Like the show is about to start. Yeah, it felt, that was very very cool. You know where I thought you were going with this at first, as we did. We saw this at the Plaza and it has a big gorgeous movie theater and has a couple of smaller ones that are upstairs. And I, you know, we we divided and conquered. I was, you know, Hank, go pick out a seat. I'm gonna, you know, get some popcorn or something. And uh, you know, it's the first first stairway on the left. And so I, you know, I'm later than him, and I go up that stairway to the left, and, you know, there's sound coming on, like loud movie sound already, and I'm like, all right, I guess we're running a little late in the trailer. And I open the door, and it's completely dark, and it's violent night going on, and the crowd is loving it and laughing like heck, and of course there's no Hank, and I realized I sent him I, to the I wrong did, place. I did the same thing, <laughs> too. By the way, I think I, 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 I don't know, when I went up, I was like, I don't know if it's this one. And I went to Violent Night, and I'm like, I don't know if it's this one. <laughs> it felt weird. I was just kind of like, I just kind of stood in the back watching. People, people I really wish I had seen Violent Night. I wish, Violent I Night. I wish we had seen that. So spoiler, it's not. And it almost makes list. me think that like, 
Violet Nights better than I previously would have thought it was. Like if the plaza is showing it, but the plaza shows fun stuff. Yeah, and also, so I've heard, I've seen a couple of people say they would definitely want a Violet Night two with some kind of like origin story type thing, which could be fun. Okay, next on our list, another really great movie. It's the directorial feature debut of Charlotte Wells. It's After Sun. Oh yeah, I gotta write down. Uh, uh, tar. There we go. So After Sun, very heralded movie, uh, you know, in kind of the indie, uh, I don't know, art film circles. Uh, I, I think I didn't get this movie as much as you did. So I don't think I got away. this movie as much as everybody else did either. But I, this is definitely in my top ten, just because I, I recognize the stuff I didn't get, and I feel like I this movie could have gone with the second watch for me but it's certainly based in it's you the best version of events with you going into this movie is if you know and you think it is about a woman remembering this uh, trip she took with her dad when she was younger and if you view the scenes as memory I think you're kind of, which is, I already kind of knew it was about memory going into it, so I think I had a better experience of the movie. Then I think you'll you'll get on its wavelengths a lot more. The editing in this movie is really great. In the, like it, like it never really gives you the whole picture. It is like memory, and it's shot like it's about memory. There's a great use of like screens and mirrors and reflections and invisible barriers between the daughter and the father, like you know how we can never really understand our parents as children like i i you know i can pretend to know what you person in front of me think and feel and thought and felt in these things that i remember when i was childhood and in uh in 10 years i can imagine what you think and feel right now and right now i i think you think and feel man you you really love Top Gun Maverick, and now you can't <laughs> tell me about it because I made such a deal about waiting it. Waiting to see where you're going with that. Uh, but no, no. Um, and it was like, I think you're happy, but uh, like, I, I can't know that. I can't know that. Just like she can't know that. And it all kind of culminates. There's, there's some stuff in the memory and the actual events that like, didn't, are not as interesting for the movie. Like, this is almost, I feel like, I'm almost undervaluing the movie in my mind because I think it's about I only recognized it to be really about one thing or one thing that I really understood and it's a short movie and it's like it's almost a little pill of a movie like it's like oh that was really good but that's not doesn't fill me it's not my stomach it's like a really great salad you know yeah and it culminates into a really great scene that connects the ideas of memory and makes you feel really good there's this use of like this metaphor like club dance strobe light thing that i really liked but like other than that i i don't feel like connected with it as much as i ought to have i think for for me my experience with the movie because i i had heard about it on a podcast that we like and you know people really again this was in several people's top 10 movies this year and when i saw it i didn't get all the layers and uh depth to it that people seem to get and so i just kind of felt a little stupid honestly 
Yeah, I got. Uh, yeah, definitely. While I enjoyed I the movie, I'm like, well, I'm not getting this. Like this interplay with memory. Like I wouldn't have gotten that if I'm just watching the movie and had read nothing about it. Uh, I don't think that I would. I mean, while it clearly makes sense that if this is told, you know, from that point of view, but it's it's a movie in in in, it, in its artness. Not a word. The, that it was too obscure for me. I think to get what everybody else, what these real cinephile, really intelligent dudes and dudettes get. Um, I don't know that I would have gotten, I would like, this is a definitely a second viewer one for me. I need to watch this again. Um, because I can see what's there, but I just, I don't know that I would have gotten any of it beforehand. Yeah. This is, I think this should be, and maybe will be in our top 10, but almost because we think it should. <laughs> right. Like, we don't know if we actually like to watch the top 10, but we feel we ought to. Well, like this is some this truth movie, to that, This I movie think. deserves a second viewing, and would be perfect for thinking into the, the stuff about the movie about memory and stuff. But I would I would wait a bit before rewatching this movie. Yeah, and, I mean, the, the, the basic stuff, you know, non-story and theme, you know, like of, you know, putting together, like, the lighting, the sound, the acting, like, all are, all are fabulous. And creative and stimulating, but I, I need a, I need another viewing to really kind of to go there. Let's uh, talk about a movie, and I I, I wrote down uh, top ten. Yeah, write top, it down. Top ten for, for nothing else. Like for yeah, top ten. We're cool. Like we're almost <laughs> lying about it. Um, this is not a movie that needed the second viewing for us. We both really love it. And we got it, I think, pretty immediately. We're talking about Martin McDonough's The Banshees of Inishirin, Banshees of Inishirin, Banshees <laughs> of Ed Sheeran, Banshees of, I probably mispronounced this movie's title. I'm going to call it Banshees because that's a hard word to pronounce. But you nailed it. I think it's Inishirin. Inishirin, yeah, you, you totally nailed it. That's how, they, that's how they pronounced it anyways. Probably why everybody is so they, they unhappy on this island is can't pronounce its name. Exactly. They don't know where they live. You mean how frustrating that would be? Uh, yeah, I golly, I thought this movie was fabulous. Um, I, I I knew I was going to like it. I don't know why we delayed seeing it, uh, but I also knew that it would be tough to watch, and it was that. Um, you know, it's a story of of of, of two really good friends, and then. You know what I love about this is that it doesn't, you know, you know the whole like save the cat kind of story, kind of narrative, kind of form, you know, or the hero's journey. You know, you have your ordinary world, and then something happens that changes you into the, uh, the other world, and you got a quest, and you go do that. This ordinary world, we really is twenty seconds, you know, but like the the thing that changes happens immediately, and it's all about how they react to this this thing, and then it it just kind of it's lovely. The acting is lovely. Acting is so good. Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Carrie Condon. I think I'm pronouncing Condon. Probably Condon. Con- yeah. All and Barry great. Keegan. Barry Keegan was great. He was out, uh, outstanding. With it. All the acting is so good. and really makes you sympathize uh, with these characters who sometimes do things that you might find unsympathetic if they weren't. You know, if if Brendan Gleeson didn't make his face look like that, you know. Yeah, it's it's a movie like with these all these great juxtapositions, um, you know, of of this relationship and where it goes, and then the contradictions of, you know, 
I don't know. As as an older guy, you know, I really identified a lot with Brendan Gleeson's idea that, you know, he needed to change something in his life. He needed to cut this person out of his life, that life is short and that he's not doing these great things. I, I understand that sentiment so much. It really spoke to me. I also think he's wrong. I think the important, like, there's a lot of talk of legacy in this and things that last. And, you know, where I am right now, in my point of view, uh, that legacy doesn't matter much and things that last don't matter much. And that is the present moment in those relationships that are, that are the most important thing versus something different. And it, it, there's a, you know, that conversation exists in this movie and not on the, as nearly as on the nose as I just put it, you know, it's like, it's much, much better done. Some of the actions you seem to be inexplicable, but they make sense in the context of the location, which is, you know, hugely important to this story you know, location is supposed to be important. It's important in all stories, but some in some stories it's more important than others, and this is one of those. Um, I, I I think it was really fabulous, and it was gorgeous. I mean, you know, it's an it's an island off Ireland. It's beautiful. Yeah, I was in this movie. I was really attracted to the stuff about how basic, like human kindness maybe disagrees with our principles sometimes and I think it is the nature of humanity to give in to that basic human kindness and that is sort of what Brendan Gleeson is doing he's like screw my niceties to this Colin Farrell character I'm gonna work on my art and maybe do drastic things to justify that decision but he's also he's not he cares about Colin Farrell's character. He makes it known that he cares about the Colin Farrell character, and it's so well acted. And Colin Farrell does things in retaliation because he's lonely and he feels betrayed that maybe don't make sense and aren't good. And but then, he, but it's also he doesn't. It's no nobody's cruel. There's no villains in this movie. There's just people that are having a hard time wrestling what they want with what they have with how to get it it's the touches it's the it's the actions of love within when things are not great with this relationship that you know the you know one swears off the other one but yet then does the you know has several instances of just you know just really thoughtful and they're, they're just so well done i don't want to spoil the, the the specific actions but they're it's not like their actions, not words, you know, and and it's it's really kind of wonderful those uh, that juxtaposition, those contradictions. Uh, highly recommend this movie. Definitely in my top ten. It reminds me of the scene in Fargo. <laughs> I love Far Fargo television series is my discovery of the year. I love it so much. It's very good. Was that all this year that you discovered that? No. Some of it late last year. Okay. I maybe watched the first episode of season one last year. Gotcha. Okay. But, 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 but mainly... I watched that on a plane and then went back to it later. Okay. That's really cool. Um, but there's there, there's a scene where a guy does this whole parable about how the moral seems to be that you shouldn't help people. But then at the end of the day, he helps people because is we, we can say whatever. We can try to be whatever. But at the end, I I think... And it seems to be the position of the movie that basic 
basic human decency prevails. You know, we can't help it, but at least try to be a little bit kind to one another. Like, there's love in our acts of hate, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think that is definitely in the movie. It's definitely in Fargo, and I'm a huge Fargo fan as well. Um, yeah. So this is top ten, right? I mean, yeah, this it's is really definitely good. top ten. This is probably for me. It might even be a high on my top ten list. Uh, Martin McDonough. Uh, have you seen many of his movies or any None. of his movies? So he's a playwright first, and he I've seen several of his plays. They're fantastic. He did a movie in Bruges with these two guys as the leads. So it's kind of fun to see their growth and development because uh, that was you know had to be over a decade ago. Uh, it's fun to see these guys back again because they play off each other so well. And uh, I don't know, yeah, just a really, really great, really, uh, really good movie. And for the next movie, we'll actually be going back for probably like the fifth time to talk about everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> uh, because the movie actually stars Stephanie Shu, not Stephanie Hizu, which I said before. So hopefully that error, I don't know if this is how ethics and morality works, correcting that error also corrects the Inishiran error, like one wrong no, no, one right corrects two wrongs. There we go. I like that. Proof like that, that we know how to pronounce things. And proof that, you know, when you realize you've made a mistake, what's the appropriate thing to do but to uh, admit that and correct your mistake? Go team. I love that. But what is next? That guy. Preachy. <laughs> yeah. You'd make a bad movie, Dad. I would. I'd be two on the nose. Okay. Our next movie is actually... The Fablemans, uh, the autobiographical film from Steven Spielberg talking about his own childhood. I really did not want to see this. I, <laughs> I, I could sense that you did not <laughs> want to see this. When we were talking about what movies to see these last uh, you know, few weeks, where was some of the movies you know, planning things, every time The Fablemans came up, I, I, I tried to make an excuse of why. We should see something else besides that. Who's got kids, and you don't like kids? I don't like kids in movies. I really don't. Um. Sorry, your microphone <laughs> hat was off, so I was I, I was, was gesturing. Wondering what I wasn't talking because I I needed to gesture for you to put your microphone hat on. My microphone's hat is back on. Um, Good. So yeah, so I was not excited about this film whatsoever, and darn it all if I didn't really like it. Yeah, um, really, really good film. Really intelligent movie about filmmaking. It makes you really love movies. It has some really great acting. I mean, it's Spielberg. He he knows how to put a shot together, (laughs) you know. The stuff is really beautiful, and the movements are cool. We loved West Side Story last year. And this kind of came. This movie came in clutch later in the year, like West Side Story did last year. Because I was thinking, I, I had, I, I like to have a really, really good personal top three movies. I feel like if I have three movies that I really enjoyed that year, like that's good. I can be happy with that. I can tell people that my three favorite movies were such and such, and not feel like I'm letting in something that, uh, that uh, that I'd be lying about how much I really loved something. And just like West Side Story did, which was my third favorite movie of that year, Fablemans came in 
Clutch is my third movie, favorite movie this year as well, when I was need in need of it and looking for it. So maybe I just really like Spielberg. Michelle Williams, Gabriel LaBelle, Paul Dano, all giving really good, not like big showy performances, like really subtly very good performances that has the movie, I was worried, even though it is, the thing is that it's Steven Spielberg making a movie about his own childhood, I, I still felt it would be like maybe a little too Hollywoody with the children. And the trailer doesn't do a great job of dissuading you of that notion. Completely. I thought it would be very syrupy. The movie feels personal in a real way and not personal in like a fake movie trying to be personal way. And I I was struck by how like genuine and heartfelt it was. And there's moments in this movie that like in my head like shouldn't work. They would feel fake there's a movie there's a scene where michelle williams character like does this dance routine in front of the light and it feels like a kind of thing that like a worse movie it would feel forced in a worse movie where it's like look at this thing that like any common person would say oh this is incredibly beautiful and poignant but let's not build it or make it real that this movie doesn't do that and it it keeps giving you those moments of of reality of, of truth while still being Fun. Near the end, it loses a little bit of its. There's like two. Almost, there was two scenes in a row that didn't work. Near the end, in my mind, I, you you made a face, so we disagree. <laughs> I would disagree that they don't work, but I, I think to I know me, there were two. I got worried for the last like twenty minutes because you had two scenes in a row that, in my mind, that that, that from didn't work for me. So I was getting worried, and then it brings back to it with this really fun cool cameo and this great ending scene which i won't really spoil because this movie's still showing in theaters and can be seen as it is supposed to be seen and should be seen yeah it's, it's a good movie but it just gives you scene after scene where it's exploring ideas of what it is to be an artist like what it is to be a filmmaker but also you know what it is to be to experience life in any way it's just it's just a really sweet movie and not like capital s like sweet like not swoon sweet it's real yeah all all of my fears regarding this movie are kind of exactly what you were talking about things being forced or overly sentimental or overly kind of sepia toned hollywood uh syrup and they avoided those traps almost for the most part and the, and the two scenes you're talking about one of them i kind of agree with you actually on the lo- one that takes place in the hallway of the uh, school <coughs> yeah, no, that that felt Hollywood. Like that, so I, like I didn't. Interesting idea. But yeah, I didn't really enjoy that in that part of it. But it's still it, even <coughs> even saying that. Excuse me, I've got a little thing in my throat. Uh, even saying that, uh, it still could have been worse. And like when it, when it kind of got hinted that it was going to, it, it pulled back and didn't. Uh, so I was I was really pleased with that. The acting is phenomenal. It's a beautiful film, and the story, the 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 movement through time, can be really tricky. I think uh, to do when I, you know, think about that and like when to, what scenes to tell, how advanced because we have it. We start with a child, and then we're moving. We change actors, you know, playing the same same role as he gets older, and that can be hard to do of, of what when to pick what and what to show. And I just thought they did a great job, and I thought. Uh, Dang it, I didn't want to like it, but I really, really do, and this is definitely in my top ten. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
uh, for me. It just the movie had so many like really really great scenes that Spielberg does in a way as Spielberg often does where they don't they don't feel hard. Like let me just give you this really great scene. Eh, nothing nothing to it, you know. Like it doesn't like there was this the really really great moment in After Sun, which is a really really great moment. I really love it. We already talked about how we we didn't feel like we connected with After Sun like we ought to have. When that scene came about, I'm like, okay, here is the really really great moment that the movie's been building towards, and that's well, that that's great and emotionally affecting. But I almost prefer the more the Fablemans, in that like it just throws you at you in a way that feels casual. Like it doesn't feel just like we're just keep moving and then we're gonna put this greatness in and we're not gonna like. Um, I don't know what I mean. I sound like a person of absolute nonsense no, I th- I right think, now. I think but I know what you're getting at. The greatness is sprinkled in, and it just kind of moves through without trying to be too showy, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a subtle movie, you know, and while while hitting certain beats and making certain points in a, in a nice way. The, the traps that it didn't fall into, like the trailer makes it look like it's just going to be full of traps. And in fact, there's a line in the trailer that I won't quote, but it's from Michelle Williams. And it's just such a sugary, kind of sentimental, kind of Spielberg s, you know, like, you know, keep your feet on the ground and, you know, shoot for the stars kind of thing. But it actually is in a different context than you would think from the trailer, and the actors pull it off wonderfully, and it works great. That, that's actually from one of the <clears throat> scenes that I don't think works in the movie. I know. Didn't work in the trailer. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I still think it, uh, I mean, uh, it, it could have been a lot worse. I don't know if that's <laughs> if that's a high praise or not, but it could have been a lot worse, and it wasn't, and it worked to me. Yeah. So top, definitely top ten for definitely both of us. Definitely top ten. Hopefully I'll, I'll get a chance to say something a little bit smarter about it while we're ranking it. <laughs> okay. Glass, onion, a knives out mystery. <laughs> it's the second Knives Out movie. I don't think it's as good as the first one, but it's definitely it's definitely fun. It's got good acting. It does all it needed to do for me without terribly exceeding my expectations. So this is a movie that meets expectations to me. Janelle Monet is great in it. Daniel Craig is great in it. Edward Norton is great in it. Ryan Johnson really knows genre and really has fun playing with genre and especially the murder mystery genre while being just as like poignant and topical and political commentary dash e and yeah but it doesn't i don't love it but it's very good yeah i i like this movie a lot i i did not like it as much as the first one either i think because the first one is just has a little more darkness to it uh you know the the whole you know, spoiler for the first one, but hopefully you've seen that by now. You know, the the death that kicks off everything is, um, you know, kind of a tragedy, you know, in the way that it happens in the person who thinks they've done it. Uh, and this doesn't have as much of that kind of darkness and sadness to it. So it was a little more carefree and fun while still being kind of politically uh, minded and societally minded uh it has it has something to say about about you know the world that we are in but it's also a very fun movie 
and there's uh, some weird uh, or interesting kind of uh, point of view shifts in it, and there's some good twists. And I think, uh, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad we saw it in the theater. I wish they would have left it in the theater longer. I think that would have been a good idea. Um, but, you know, I don't make those decisions. Um, so, yeah, I really like this movie. It's around it my top actually, ten, I think. I think it did. Uh, it went back in theaters, I, I do believe. Oh, great. Because I had not heard that. I'm not sure that's true. But that's, that's I'm glad if that's true. And I, I could be making that up. But I was looking at, in, in prep for this, as we were looking at the film schedule, of the year on firstshowing.net, which is a really useful website for, like, it shows you every movie and when it came out in the year. You can see really the whole year in review. And it looked to me like there was a thing where, like, it originally comes out for, like, it's a week theater Oscar eligibility thing that Netflix likes to do. And then I think it came back. But that could have just been it being on Netflix to see. But I think it, I think I saw it three times original theater, Netflix, return to theaters. But, Okay, yeah, cool. That. That's that's great. That is great. I think I really liked the, and there is almost like a halfway point, point of view shift there where it has this moment where we kind of start retreading the steps of the movie, but we have new context and new scenes, and it makes the movie a lot better. I wasn't really enjoying the movie, or not, I wasn't enjoying the movie. And I wasn't enjoying the movie as much as I wanted to enjoy the movie up until that shift. And when that shift happens, I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, what was I even thinking, doubting this movie? Ryan Johnson knows what he's doing. He, he's not... He. I should have expected something like that, and I didn't. I hear that. And that's kind of like, uh, I should have given Spielberg the benefit of the doubt. Like, that it was going to be fine. I get that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a good movie. I don't think it's a great movie, but I really enjoyed it. And I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. You know, it's one of those that I'll just, you know, hey, let's just put that on this movie and, and have a good time with it. It's something that Ryan Johnson's really good at, and the Knives Out movies have been really good at, is that we have, I guess this is no longer, it's a sequel because it's no longer an original movie, but it's an original series, and it's a movie, I feel like in this day and age, not not to, now like me to be preachy, it's rare that we get a non-sequel, non-reboot movie, even though this is a sequel. The, the point is, it's not... <laughs> a lot of people saw this movie, and a lot of people really liked this movie, and a lot of people talked about this movie, and that was just good to feel for a movie that's actually really good. Right, and based on, like, its own script. Yeah. It's not based on a previous product. Because even though, like, it's technically... Because I think you were the one telling me that he did not want a Knives Out mystery in the title. Or I read that somewhere, perhaps. But I like that. I mean, because the, the only really continuity is with your detective. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a smart movie. It really loves mystery movies and knows how to do them in a way that is good and fun, but still keeping poignancy and political topicality. And in the forefront of its mind, it's yeah, not in it has my something top, to say. It's not in my top ten, but it's definitely very good. Okay, I, I don't. I think we can leave this off the list then for further. I think so. But it's you know. But this is another like you should watch it. eleven or uh, twelve, thirteen. Yeah, kind of thing. <laughs> I feel like I got a bunch of elevens, but yeah, it is. All right, another autobiographical movie. We have the Eternal Daughter, which is the third film in Joanna Hogg's kind of souvenir project i mean it's it's a separate thing this movie because the other movies were called souvenir and souvenir part two um 
I think you may have had a more profound connection to this movie than I did, though I really like it, so I'm going to let you start. Okay, I, I, I'm happy to start. So, like Hank was saying, it, this is kind of its own beast, but these two characters we have seen before. Uh, and this is a very, I would say, because it's a small movie, it takes place in a in a hotel with horrible, horrible service. Um uh, but it's also the place where the matriarch uh, spent time because it, before it was a hotel, it was, I guess, her aunt's house. And it's, you know, a huge kind of sprawling. We're in England. Um, and this is a very atmospheric movie. Uh, the music is uh, this orchest- orchestral piece, the strings that was used in The Shining, uh, like the drive. The opening shots are a drive through the dark countryside with lots of fog going to this kind of um, this large, you know, English hotel where it just drips with atmosphere thanks to the long shots, the fog, uh, the production design and the music. And the more I think about this movie, kind of the less I like it, actually, Um it's about grief. It's about mothers and daughters. It's about um, it's about ninety minutes long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I sorry, I thought that was really hilarious. <laughs> um, I, I like it. You know, it's it's there's somewhat. It's it's got a lot of spooky elements. It's it's slow. It is very very slow. It said takes its time setting up things. That maybe you kind of see coming. Now that I really think about it, I, it's hard to talk about this movie without spoiling it, and I don't want to spoil it. Um, so I, I will just say it's quiet, meditative, spooky, somewhat exasperating a little bit. And um, one of the interesting things about it is that uh, the actress whose name I forget all of a sudden, right here when I need it, Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton plays both the mother and the daughter. And that's part of uh, kind of plot reveal, and that's also kind of part of the theme, and it's interesting, and it works. Um, so, I, I, you know, I like this movie. I'm definitely glad we saw it. I, I preferred, of these three movies with this, this, you know, daughter character and mother character, I enjoyed the first Souvenir Part 1 uh, the most, I think. And this may be my, I don't know, I, I can't tell if I like this one more or less than Souvenir Part 2, but probably a little bit less. Yeah, these Souvenir movies, and this continues with The Eternal Daughter, are m- all three of them I recognize to be really good with really great performances and beautiful visuals from a very talented director, and I, I just have this distance with them. It's the thing where I, I, I acknowledge them to be really good movies and I have this admiration for what they're doing there's I this is a 10 foot pole between me and the souvenir movies I think where I haven't been able to really tune into what they're to what the wavelength is and I've been able to touch them like I'd like to and this continues with the eternal daughter which I think it's doing some really interesting stuff you talk about the shining element of the movie and the the atmosphere, and it's another one of them with We're All Going to the World Fair, where it's like a, a not a horror movie horror movie. Where, like, if I just, like, told you the movie, you'd be like, well, that's not really a horror movie. But it has the atmosphere and feel of a horror movie. It keeps being like, are we a horror movie? Are we a the haunted house thing? Are we a ghost story? There are lots of shots where the camera is pointed at a mirror, 
And so you're seeing the scene and the action reflected. And I think that is interesting and works and kind of goes to what you're saying. I'm not trying to interrupt just as, as an example. No, no, no. That's a really good point. And uh, Joanne Holly's been doing that a lot with these. Uh, there's a lot of mirror action of these souvenir movies, and it's always very pleasant. Yeah, it it, it, it works. Um, I, I liked how you described, you did it a, a couple of minutes ago as well, like talking about, like it's not like the movie's fault that we're not getting it. There's, you know, it's like and it's nobody's fault either. That's not the right word. But I like the attitude of, you know, I'm going to explore this again because you know this is something that has, you know, clearly been respected and good, and, you know, so I need to f- try to find another way into it. It's something I was just reading with uh, that George Saunders uh, story club thing that he talks about that where there's like a short story that's kind of, you know, stood the test of time and has been there and like it doesn't really resonate with him. And so he's like, okay, well, what, what can I find a way through it, you know, to where it does speak to me? Like it's his job. Like it's not the piece of artwork's job. It's his job to kind of find a way in. And I like that attitude, and you, which you were just saying. Uh, and I need to do that better and more myself, actually. Yeah, this is uh, I hate I said actually. <laughs> Wait, why? Why the hate on actually? I just use that word too much. Ah, well, actually, <laughs> actually, um, this is another movie that I think, along with After Sun and Knives Out, too, kind of recontextualizes itself near the end. And there's this moment of like, let me actually go think about what happened before this moment in this movie and what it means. And I can't tell whether I liked the movie more or less before or after recontextualization, like, I I was with, I mean, I could feel while I was watching the movie where I was like, okay, I'm. this is like the souvenir, and the souvenir part two is not something I'm engaging with as I would want to be engaging with, but I recognize it to be really good. And I almost, I almost wish it had not done the recontextualization. I feel like it almost becomes, and not to sound condescending, but, like, simpler after and I feel like there was a lot more to digest before the recontextualization before it kind of before the movie goes well actually this is that and I'm like I would almost have rather been ended the movie having more to think about and I, I this movie is worth a rewatch with the knowledge of the recontextualization well boy am I at that word getting a lot of use <laughs> <laughs> um, but this 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 movie is really good when it comes to atmosphere. I'm just not I'm not where it is. Yeah, I don't know? I don't think this is in my top ten. It's not. I kinda almost want to put it down just so like All right. we can have it in the rankings. Because it is I, I do. I mean I, I me talking about this movie right now makes me sound like I don't like I, I like it more than I sound like I like it. I get that. I get that. All right, so yeah, let's let's put it down. And also, right now we only have ten movies on the paper, and I want to have to do some like elimination <laughs> stuff. So some, yeah, this maybe that. just be like uh, we're setting this up to fail, but right. Eternal daughter. Okay, we only got two movies left. Okay, wow. Uh, we got another sequel from close personal friend James Cameron. This is Avatar The Way of the Water. He's James Cameron's actually with us right here. <laughs> he's refusing to talk. Yes, but he's uh, making hand gestures. Yes. He's actually communicating in the, the Navi language. We just don't understand <laughs> it. 
this is another movie I didn't want to see. And, uh, you know, spoiler, this is another movie that I ended up liking. Uh, I really, you know, uh, was not excited. I'm, I didn't really enjoy the first one that much upon my first watching of it. Watching it again, I liked it a little bit better. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's, you know, white savior tropes, um, you know, it's, I don't know. It can be problematic in a lot of ways, but it, it was absolutely beautiful. And I got caught up in it. You know, it's a really long movie. It's over three hours. And we saw this in a movie theater, which I think is, you know, clearly the way to do it. And at some point, I was just, you know what? I'm going to not judge this at all. I'm just going to go for the ride and enjoy being here. And once I did that, I really had a, a very, very pleasant time at the movies. Yeah, I uh, I was also surprised by how much I liked this movie. As someone who, I would say almost, I would just say didn't like the first Avatar. And I don't know if that is because of the, the mighty whitey skepticism that comes to this. But I I hope I'd be a person that'd be able to engage with it while acknowledging that that is wrong. But I, I think there are problems with Avatar other than that. Um, CGI is as gorgeous as you'd expect it to be in Way of Water, which I think actually I've been saying the way of the water like every single time I've said this movie forever. I think me saying Way of Water just then is the only time I've ever said it correctly. (laughs) Uh, The Navi look gorgeous. The water looks gorgeous. And that's almost enough to entertain you for the entire uh, three-hour runtime. I just, this idea of family and being introduced to this water tribe, I mean, it got me. It it I, I felt connected to this universe and wanted to defend it from the the human threats, and I think that's exactly what James Cameron wants you to happen while watching, uh, wa- wants to happen while watching that movie. It just it, it's not a movie that gave me enough to love. There's nothing I really dislike about Avatar: The Way of Water. It just hasn't. It didn't grip me. It's a really long movie, and sometimes, especially near the end. With its big action, like maybe like fifty-minute-long action finale climax, maybe even just the fact that I had to pee while this <laughs> yeah. was happening, but I was a little bit like, "Okay, we've please end the movie." Yeah, let's let's get rolling on this. I need to go to the bathroom. I did go to the bathroom during it, and I uh, kind of highly recommend that. Um, yeah, I some things that I liked about it, you know, you know, the Navi are basically stand-ins for Native Americans. So, and Native Americans are viewed by a lot of uh, white people as a monolith. While you know there are certainly similarities, and there's a pan, you know, Indian movement that is that is great. There are you know things. We were introduced to a whole new tribe here, basically, and this whole new tribe lives in a whole different geographical section of the planet, Pandora. And because of that, just like in real life, just like in Native Americans and other indi- indigenous societies, you know, where you are, the land is, is the primary importance, and that, that affects, that is who you are, is it your relationship with that. So these are, you know, water, this is a water tribe. So, you know, they have different culture, and it was cool and a little different biology as well. And that was kind of cool to see. Like, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it almost immediately, even if I didn't fully buy some of the, you know, I won't call them, they're not plot holes. They're just, you know, actions the characters make, you know, because it seemed like because the filmmaker wanted them to make it, not because, like, it was something the character would do. But I, I could be wrong with that. 
but that was that's just kind of my sense of it. But overall, I really enjoyed it, and I I, I might put this in my top ten. Yeah, I don't know if I'd I'd go as far to put it in my top ten. I think it become it the movie makes it clear that it has a non cynical perspective that I think James Cameron also has, where it's like we love the environment, we love Pandora, and it. And I don't know if this is I don't know if it's doing really its job. It wants to make us love the environment here on Earth a lot more, and it is sympathetic to native movements in a way that doesn't feel fake. It feels true. It's just also a, a three-hour... <laughs> it's almost a, a multi-three-hour movie with maybe not enough good stuff to constitute multiple three hours. Like, I want to like this movie. It is a it is a really good movie. It just doesn't, doesn't grab me. I'm going to ask a question that we don't have time to answer, but I want to ask it anyways. Like what is it about us as human beings that around Christmas time we, you know, we read these, you know, Christmas stories and these uh, Christmas carols and Christmas things, basically encouraging us to be less capitalistic and be better people. And we watch and we love these movies that celebrate the environment, and yet we still like. We don't do it like we don't do it. What is? Are we just? What's? What? What is our? What? What's going on there? And yeah, if you answer that, I'm sure you can figure out society in the world and solve the Middle East. But you know, I, I guess I, I don't need an answer. But that's I've been thinking about that a lot. Like, why do we? Why are we such? Um, it's not hypocrites. That's not the right. But we we tend to love these things, and then we like do the exact opposite. Yeah, I. I that's just. Knowing something is true and doing something about it are very different things. That is, yes, that's, yes. We're, we're that talking about lessons. interesting how, like, this is a movie where it's uh, unflinchingly <laughs> says <laughs> that, uh, that, I mean, our military and our industry, like, it's literally, it's not a, uh, the villains are not a metaphor for our military. The, the villains <laughs> are literally our military and our uh, capitalistic interests, and in we've these literally destroyed Earth. Like that's why we're like, which is very common in a lot of science fiction. Like and we're Earth is not. We've done it. The villains in this movie are us <laughs> doing things that we have done in the past and are doing now, and continue. Like to it's do. literally just like if if Pandora exists, we would be doing the exact same thing. So the people that the villains in this movie are doing, and we'd probably convince ourselves it's okay. Now, one thing I do love that they chose is we are no longer mining Pandora for unobtainium. That is no longer the economic no. engine that drives this. We are now taking and this actually I think this was an interesting choice because this is, you know, it's not not let me finish my thought and then I'll explain why I like it. Uh, what we're going for now is this, like, basically, I don't know, it's like a, you know, a, a hormone in a large whale type thing, like in their pituitary gland or something like that. And what this substance does is it halts human aging. So it's not a matter of, like, we're mining diamonds for jewelry. You know, that's, that's like, that is a legit, like, revolution science life and affects humanity and like in all kinds of great ways you know be able to halt aging i would think versus just greed um 
though there certainly is greed involved in that as well. So I, I think that was that, that was an interesting choice. It made it not quite as black and white. But of course, you know, we're just we're killing these gigantic animals and then using a tiny little part of them and then like not caring about the rest. Yeah, I liked the whale stuff in this movie. The whale stuff in this movie is very easy to make fun of. But I, uh, I wasn't making fun of it if you were referring to me. No, 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 I'm not. It's just okay. I like the idea that there is this kind of sister species. It, the movie asks us to have empathy for things that modern society tells us not to have empathy for. Yeah, you know, we talk about uh, how capitalism purposely separates us from the natural world, and certainly we've we've built a society where we are we are not told to view ourselves as just another animal. And that's, that's right. something the the Navi definitely do. Well, that is something that is very, you know, Christian Eurocentric as viewing us above the animals, whereas natives view us as part of the environment. Like yes. I like and I think it it does. Um it does represent that very well. So there's a lot to like about this movie philosophically. And there's a lot to like with the acting and the technology and it's beautiful. Um but yeah, it doesn't quite um, again, good, not great for me. Yeah, what is it? There's so much we should like about this movie. It, maybe it's just that, like, this movie is so long. And so <laughs> there is probably a movie out there that does all the things we like about it, but just only does those things we like about it and not, you know, a whole 90 minutes of... Stuff we maybe didn't like as much. Yeah, and and that and that movie could be written and done by natives instead of just like native substitutes, as well could be. You know, I don't know. That's my ignorance. Stephen Lang is very good as Quaritch. Again, I really like his his. I really like Quaritch. Yeah, he really is, and they do some good, interesting character choices with him. I'm gonna put this on the top ten mainly so we can chop it off. Yeah, more interesting. Might not get chopped off though, but yeah, please do. Because not all, just because it's in like my top ten doesn't. Not all movies in my top ten are going to be great, you know. That's true. Because I didn't see that many movies. Yeah, we're not. There's, there's yeah. no, or almost no. I'll say there's. I'm trying not to make an absolute statement, but I, it seems as if there is no subjectivity in art. No, Jesus, the opposite statement, <laughs> the opposite thing. No, there is no objectivity in art. It's all subjective. So yeah, no, so. I mean, yeah, we say. Like, I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I think I think I agree with that. We say top ten best movies of the year, but it's like not like we're qualified to say that. So really, it's yeah, just once a, we liked a, a communal <laughs> favorite of the year. So we can exactly. we can have Avatar: The Way of the Water in it. Indeed. All right, final movie. Movie in theaters now. It's called Babylon. It's directed by Damien Chazelle. I don't know how to feel really about this movie. I know I liked it. I don't really know much else than that it's a movie that thinks certainly it is very important to cinema and like has it's definitely tried to it's a very very big swing and i don't know if it has a perfect batting average but it's definitely a really good movie that has a lot of good stuff within it so i i don't think that it thinks it is important. I think it thinks cinema is important. 
That's true. I, I didn't feel like it felt it was self-important. I think it, it wanted to, I think it, it loved, he, you know, he loves Hollywood. He loves old Hollywood. He loves cinema. Uh, and I think, I agree with you that he takes really big swings, and I'm not sure they work, but I do kind of love that he takes them. Um, you know, the opening, you know, act of the movie, or maybe act is not, maybe the opening scenes of the movie all take place at this, you know, very lavish and um, Hollywood party where anything goes uh, as far as, you know, drugs, sex, pachyderms, everything. And it, I don't, it just, it didn't get me like I could think he wanted it to get me. Like, I think he wanted this opening set piece to to wow the audience so much and I just it didn't quite and that was kind of the rest of the movie was kind of the same uh, I just didn't um, it didn't work as well we didn't fall in love with it or the characters like I think he wanted us to fall in love with it and the characters but it was still incredibly entertaining I just didn't yeah I just didn't kind of I didn't fully get submersed into this this ride yeah, I feel the same way. Like, thinking back on the movie and the way... This movie... I mean, I, the whole movie is a big swing. The movie takes a huge swing in its choice of ending. And a, a swing, I think, works. It works when I think about it, but there's also a movie where it works better because the whole rest of the movie was just as good and was more... I wish... We've said this a lot with different movies this year. I almost wish this movie was more streamlined in that, like, it, like Man Does, a movie we love, devoted itself fully to the idea I think it's trying to say in the beginning, and then I, I don't know, I feel like it distracts itself with almost a need to have these great moments of spectacle like the party in the beginning and have these big, grandiose Hollywood moments that almost... It packs itself with so much stuff that, like, feels like there's a lot of blubber in between the audience and what the movie's trying to say. And I, this movie almost needs to be thinner. And that's not... It's a little bit of comment on this is another movie that's over three hours long. So I, I, don't, I don't really mean that in terms of runtime. I mean that in terms of all it's trying to do. Uh, be, uh, devote itself more wholly and completely to this moment we have th this this epilogue the movie has and then maybe lose some of the rest yeah i i don't think i was clear what the movie was doing narratively until about halfway through and i don't know if that's you know my fault or not you know just not being picking up on the clues or or seeing the structure that was there when I did figure that out, what I think it's about narratively, uh, I enjoyed it more and was kind of curious. And oh, that's what we're kind of doing. It felt like a jumble. It just felt a little like a little a little too me confused and messy uh, for me until the middle section where I kind of got what we're doing. And at the end, it does. It kind of, you know, it it places. It doesn't really place itself, but you know it. You know, it's there's a lot of it's an homage to to film, you know, in in a lot of ways, especially at the kind of the ending. It's not really an epilogue, but ending 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 images, and uh, 
it just didn't quite pull it off to make us really be able to enjoy those ending images, at least for me. I really admire the confidence of this movie, because I feel like I was listening to what you were saying and the messiness of the movie, which I think is definitely true, but also I feel if Babylon was, like, turned into a person, he'd be like, yeah, damn <laughs> damn right I'm messy. Yeah. I don't care what you think. So I almost, I really like that part of the movie. Yeah, I, I can see that. But since this is, you know, the two of ours' opinion, we think the movie's messy and ought to be a little cleaner. Yeah, there's a great line that uh, Brad Pitt has talking about, you know, a, a film that he's in that is, you know, not, not a great film. And I, it was, it's like basically like it takes a giant swing at mediocrity and misses. I think he just, I think that's what he says. And this film, I think, takes a giant swing at being amazing, and but it doesn't just doesn't quite connect. Oh yeah, and I'm much rather. I don't think he says the movie misses, but I I think it's true. The idea you're getting at, where I'd I'd much rather sit down and watch Babylon. That's trying to that really loves cinema and is trying to say something really important about cinema than a movie that is just another swing at mediocrity. Exactly. I, I'm proud that he, that I love that he's swinging for the fences and I look forward to him swinging for the fences and, and, and connecting even better. Yeah, I agree with that. Does this movie need to be talked about in our top ten? It doesn't for mine, uh, but I would encourage people to go see it just because uh, it is a spectacle. I'm going to put it down. This is another, I feel like we, a, we might need it. I feel like a mobster in wrestling, like, I need I need Babylon to take the fall so we can have a longer, more interesting conversation when we're trying to rank these movies. We got thirteen movies in front of us. All right. right now we're done with our twenty. We're done with our short list. Now we're moving on to the second short list before we get to our top ten. Would you read the ones that we have on that are in contention for the top ten? The Batman. We're all going to the World's Fair. By the way, I wrote it wrong. I put where is it location? So good on Hank. Uh, the <laughs> Northman, Men, Nope, Barbarian, Tar, Aftersun, The Banshees of Inishirin, The Fablemans, The Eternal Daughter, Avatar, The Way of Water, and Babylon. Okay, I think I've slid mine all up to be able to to follow that. We should we should probably start with Mumble Walk go down yeah that does that is probably the way to do it isn't it um well you want to throw out one that might be in your the, towards the top of yours or do you do you have a strong number one that you like not i i think there are four movies three of them at which could realistically be our number one that i'd be happy with number one but personally men is my favorite movie of the year that would be what i say should be our number one Okay. I, I enjoyed that movie a lot, and I think it should be very high on our list. Uh, I, I don't think it should be number one, and I, I believe Tar should be number one. Tar is not one of the four I was thinking of, though I do. That's I, interesting. Just because... So what What would, it's what, a what gr- are your top four? It's a great, the four I was thinking of, I'll, I'll say the three that I think are possible, the other one being we're all going to the World's Fair, which I know is not, not going to happen. <laughs> um uh banshees and fablemans so i i think if i were do if this were just my list i think i would have tar banshees and fableman as my top 3 <coughs> so i de- so i definitely i'd like all these movies you you've mentioned um i think tar was the one i walked out of the theater the most going like holy amazing that was an amazing movie 
like more than more than these other ones, even uh, Banshees of Inisherin, which I really loved, and even more than the Fabled ones, which I really loved, and Men, which blew me away, and I had that feeling when you leave a theater of like, I feel a little bit icky, and I don't know what's going on, and my worldview has changed, uh, which is a sign of a great movie too. But uh, I, you know, I would have trouble putting that at number one, I think. But maybe. Yeah, I li- I like that this is happening. I like. This feels like a good setup for good debate. I remember when we were doing this last year. I really liked our list last year, but I, I felt that while we were doing it, like, oh no, we like the same things <laughs> yeah. too much. Like we only really agreed on the placement of Atzola and Dune, you know? Right. And then we had like the thing with uh, Annette, which I you just didn't like at all, and I liked, <laughs> but even I like didn't feel the need to have that be in the top ten. That movie has not stayed with me at all, has it for you? Not really. Yeah. But either is either is some of the other movies on our top ten list year. I think that's just the nature of time. But so this is good. I'm glad that we have I think we have an actually difficult disagreement here. <laughs> yeah, right. Tar is a really good I I like After Sun more than Tar. Whoa, really? Yeah, but I almost feel again, I feel like I'm undervaluing After Sun because Tar's this huge thing that is saying so much and After Sun is really good, but it has like one or two things to say. Is uh, do you have After Sun before uh, ahead of like a higher, closer to number one than the Fablemans or no? No, Fablemans is my number three. That's really, number Banshee three. is being my number. But I don't want to go into my own. I think my personal rankings go: Men, World's Fair, Fablemans, Banshees. After Sun, Tar, and then it gets a little messy after that. It really gets messy after Banshees, though. I got you. I have nothing, you know, negative to say about Men. Like, I really loved that movie. I just, Tar, and it could be complete recency bias as well. Uh, I, I mean, I think I just enjoyed Tar more. We want to start going down, then. Yeah, why don't we? Why don't we agree on a? Uh, or could we agree on a second movie, and then. No, that's weird. Then. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe I mean I. Yeah. Well, I like your your top five. Well, maybe I don't know if it is your top five or not. I you know I I am I, I the movies that I really like and really wanted want to like be highly up there are you know Tar Banshees the Fablemans Men the Northman I think that's that's my kind of cutoff on everything else is kind of below that I believe I don't think I'm leaving anything out Do you think I'm leaving anything out no. from my point of view Do you say After Sun in that I didn't I didn't but I but I but it's kind of just at the top of the next you know area for me i'm looking at the list and i'm noticing a, a tragic thing i do Did we forget something mention this no just that there's no documentaries on here that's sad we documentaries did not do are great a highly this movie year no document yeah but it should be stated that we these are two people that do not undervalue the importance of, of documentaries and like to them. cinema they're fun. yeah we they're like good. like documentaries <laughs> we just we just didn't really knock it out of the park this movie year we have a whole year to do better though and we will um 
I can be convinced to have men at the time. I'm trying to remember what I wish we had rewatched men uh, in anticipation of this. And, and nope. we should let's men make, and nope would have been good to rewatch. Yeah, let's make a note for next year. Let's let's some of these ones that took place, you know, before July to give them a rewatch in the fall because I think that would that would that would help us a lot. Um, because I was I was wild by men like kind of gut punched uh, in the, in the best way. Um, more so than these other ones, actually. If I were, if we're talking about like reaction directly after, that is the biggest gut punch. Tar is just just felt like like that's a movie. And like I mean, that really is like this is damn. That's how you that's how you make a really good movie. Uh, is what I had kind of going out of that one. I would not. I'd be a little disappointed with Tar's number one, but like I wouldn't. Tar, I like really. I really like Tar. Tar is a really good movie. Yeah. So I, I would not be disappointed with the number one. I just think we have. A couple. It almost feels weird, you know. Like we have movies like Banshees or Fablemans that we could probably compromise and put those at number one, but I'd almost feel bad at that. Like I'm, that almost feels like too, like now our number one is neither of our two favorite <laughs> movies right. of the year. Right, so that doesn't make any sense, does it? Like, but it does make sense that we're talking about like aggregate. The whole point right, of this is consistent. to have an aggregate of our our taste in movies this year. And so maybe it would be more to the point to have Fablemans or Banshees in number one. But I almost feel like we ought to fight it out between Men and Tar. Let's start from the bottom. Yeah, okay, let's start. And I don't think we're gonna figure this out. We're just going back and forth, and it's probably very dynamic to listen to <laughs> yeah. as well. Uh, I'll, I'll throw another context in there for you. Um, you know, let's say we're let's say five stars is the highest you can get. Um, I think all the ones I I I'm I'm questioning, wondering are all these five star movies like the, those these first five, or is there like a four and a half in there as well? Well, I think actually I don't know the star system that because like five, if we say Tar is a five star movie, that's like. Yeah, well, so is Citizen Kane, <laughs> you know. So I think. Oh no, just for this should, list, just it for can this, be, it can like, be relative. Like I would say, I have, I would say, Tar and Men are both five star movies. I would say the same thing with Banshees. I would uh, maybe it goes down to four and a half for Fablements for me. I don't know. Men is a five. Tar is a four and a half okay. movie for me. Okay. Just that, because that I, was one. I was for it to be that. five, it really has to get there for me. And I'd almost even say that well, again, Men not, may be my don't only. Don't think five of it as five star stars versus like Citizen Kane. It's just based on this list right here. I know five I, is your you know is the best movie on this list. I know even even for that. Okay. Tar is like a four and a half for me, and man, it may be my only five. So okay, all right, that, like, that well, says something. I, but I think I'm, I'm even within the context of this list. I'm, I think I am thinking of five as something higher than that. Like probably, Fablemans is probably also a five, and World's Fair is probably also five, and Banshees is probably also a five. Well, okay. Certainly, that's there is a cutoff for me after those, even if that cutoff is not at five. All right, so let's let's figure out where that cutoff is. I I cut off before After Sun, and before we're all going to the World's Fair. And I would, and you don't, correct? No. Okay, so we that we should incorporate that in that at least into part of our list here. Like I have the Northman ahead of After Sun, and we're all going to the World's. Well, Fair. actually, no, I do cut off before After Sun. Okay. But like, not like cut off for like. There's probably like three stages in my. Uh, so list. can we put it after Sun at six? 
and just see we can move it but let's start start it around six and see what that does to where you put above and below it um yeah let's what yeah well hold on now i'm thinking about it's after sunset after sun is five on my personal list. so yeah after, no, after sun is six yeah let's see how that causes things to configure Well, no, that feels weird to do. Let's start from the bottom. Okay. Now uh, we got thirteen movies, ten slots. What what do we think is our? Well, yeah. Why don't we eliminate three? Like when, when we start there, what what is who, what are the three movies we like the least? Eternal Daughter is probably gets the cut for both I, of us. I can I, get rid of that. I think. Yeah. So. I really wanted to like that more. Yeah. That's that's the theme for us personally on the Superman <laughs> movies, I think. Yeah, though the first one I get was atmosphere, and the ending shot in Souvenir Part Two, that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, no spoilers. Now this is gonna hurt you. <laughs> what do you got? Barbarian would not make the cut for me. In the top ten. Yeah, I might say Barbarian. Or. Is Barbarian ahead of Avatar for you? Or behind Avatar? I don't know. I, I think the three I eliminate would probably be Eternal Daughter, Barbarian, and either Avatar or Babylon. Okay, I definitely think we can eliminate Babylon. I'm willing to eliminate Babylon. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll do that. What after that, though? You like you like Barbarian a lot, right? I did like it a lot. And I'm trying I liked it you know, yeah, I did like it a lot. So, do you like it more than Avatar? <sighs> I don't know. That's 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 tough for me. Which one did well, how about do you do you have strong feelings on those two? I do not have well, Avatar, As far as which Avatar, one should be eliminated I like more than Barbarian. I would I would eliminate Barbarian. But I probably would have eliminated Barbarian before Babylon, too. Really? Yeah, I think that so. seems. I'm surprised at that. I've been thinking about that. Babylon a lot more, and it, maybe it is is recently biased because Babylon like just hit theaters. Like we're this, I think this is its first weekend, or at least its first weekend here when we're recording it. Yeah. Okay, so I don't. Yeah, I don't want Babylon in my in our top ten. And then I would. Say Barbarian and then Avatar at 10. So get rid of Barbarian. I can do that. Yeah, well, again, well, if we have a completed list and we realize we don't like this, we can start switching stuff up. That's true. Yeah, nothing's final. Well, I mean, I guess the idea of a top 10 list is being able to like, <laughs> yeah. shut the door on the year. Right. So, that, yeah, that's Avatar at 10. Avatar, The Way of Water. Yeah, that feels good to me. I like that. Yeah. Next, after this hard... Nope. Nope at nine. Oh, yeah. I I don't know. I, I Maybe Nope should, should be ten for me. I've wa I walked out of that disappointed. But is that just because I'm comparing it to Get Out, which is I loved? I don't know. Yeah. Thinking is so hard. 
All right, let's go. So you like you like Barbarian more than Nope, probably. I did like Barbarian more than Nope. But if you really liked Nope, then that, you know, keep, keep put that in. But there. I didn't really like Nope. I just I just didn't you want to I like didn't Nope. <laughs> nope and Barbarian are two movies I enjoyed, but I I would say I didn't really like Barbarian more than I didn't really like Nope. All right, so let's keep Nope. Well, we can have Nope at ten and Avatar at nine. Let's keep it how it is so far and see where see where we end up. Okay. Have nope at nine. What next? This is hard. What's in the running? This is probably the movies we probably listed now are like in my third tier. We're entering second tier now for me. Okay, so right now we have ten Avatar, nine Nope. What are your possibilities for like eight and seven? I don't know. I'm thinking. Oh, the Batman. I mean, I forgot about the Batman. I was gonna ask where. How high do you have the Batman? Batman's eight feels like a good spot. For it the does. Batman. I feel that's kind of where it is for me as well. When are we going to deal with the we're all going to the World's Fair issue? Because I sense it's coming up. I can I, deal with it right now because that, that's where I would have it is at seven. Uh, and I, I have seven and six are like where I have them listed now, you know, just for me. Can I sacrifice? Would be after sun and we're all going to the World's Fair. I would. Do you have a strong feeling about those two movies and compare like where which one should be ahead on that? I just feel. I feel like I would push After Sun off a cliff for the betterment of we're all going for the to the World's Fair. If I can't get it higher than six, I would much rather have it higher than After Sun. Okay, then I could probably compromise with. Did you really like After Sun more than the Batman? Ooh, I can't tell if my own cynicism about the superhero movie is there. Ah, oh, that's hard. I think I did. Yeah. Okay, so I can live with After Sun being, you know. So different movies. It's like apples to oranges, really. Yeah. That's why I invented the ARPL. (laughs) 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 It's like we we come, we go to see After Sun for a different reason than we go to see the Batman. That's very true. It's almost like their, their job is to do different things. We need, I wish I could need to memorize the Nicole Kidman thing, because I could, it comes up so often. We yeah. go to the movies for <laughs> whatever it is. <clears throat> so we have Avatar, Nope, The Batman, After Sun. Like, that, I can live with that so far. I can live with that. And I, I can live with if we... Ha- I, I, I could it, also put The Batman ahead of After Sun. Yeah, no, nah, I, I wouldn't, that wouldn't be a tragedy for me either. Let's do that. We both really like The Batman. Let's not forget that, just because we haven't seen it in a while. Okay, yeah, Batman would have been good to rewatch. Yeah, I think well. yeah, all of the I think yeah, oh yeah. For now, now on, there's so much movies in December, and also you have finals coming up, so it's hard too. But we should prioritize some rewatches. Yeah, that feels good to me. That feels true to us. It does. So we're not Batman trying to higher than after yeah, sun. Yeah, this is what we we liked it a lot. Um. 
if we have to have World's Fair here to make putting together a top five a lot easier, I'm okay with that. I feel like I've made my point that I think this movie is important and really good. That can leave it at six. Let's let's do that then, because I would have a hard time putting it above any of the other five movies kind of on our list. Sorry, I'm, I'm writing the t- titles longer. Oh, that's cool, and I was thinking and reading, <laughs> okay. which is great for radio. Yeah, okay, five, Northman. All right, so just to kind of where we are right now, Avatar 10, Nope 9, After Sun 8, The Batman 7, we're all going to the World Fair 6th. You have the Northman at 5? Yeah, that's that where I proposal? think it should be. I do, too. That that's I, I, I get that. That uh, Yeah, that makes the list easier. And that, that feels right for us. It does. It does indeed. 4. Okay. Where it becomes hard. This is where I put Tar. Okay. For the list we had together here. But Tar is your, number, tar is your favorite movie. So I feel like... I don't know. I feel like Justice, like like our favorite movies, should be one and two, right? I mean, not not if, not unless like you don't like Tar, like or you know, or not even don't like. That's not the right words, but you know what I'm saying. Not not necessarily. You know, um, let let's say I let's say that men I really didn't like men. You know, then it doesn't necessarily wouldn't necessarily go to two. It might go to three. Or I have uh, this is where I have the Fablemans. Um, yeah, but and that's not crushing to me. But I, Tar. I mean, I'm okay with that, given that Tar is your favorite movie of the year. Okay. I might have to rethink. I think after we put our four together, we're gonna do a lot of sliding around. Yeah, and I think I'm. I've, you know, I'm. Yeah. Then I guess it would be Banshees after this. Yeah, but when I'm looking, but when I think about your feelings on that, like we both really loved Banshees. Yeah, that's true. I I, I could probably live with Tar here, at three. Yeah, but I'd I'd rather root for the communal success of the Fablemans than the communal success of Banshees. Like, could we put? Oh, really? Could we put Banshees at five and Tar at four and then Fablemans at three? Banshees but I'm I'm, com- I'm I'm comfortable with that. Like I don't want to fight too much. I'm I'm comfortable with uh, uh, Tar at three, Banshees at two. I can I can live with that. I can live with that. I could also switch up. I could also switch up Fablemans and Tar, just in our conversations with in remembering men so much. And I did I did really like Banshees. No, Tar should be ahead of Banshees. I think with the ending of Banshees, like for some reason it puts me at, um, but I really, I, I mean, I liked the ending, but it also, it wasn't a real, real ending, was it? I thought, like the, almost, I thought almost, the ending of Banshees was one of the more powerful parts of the movie. I do too, but does it, like, what do you think happens next? Well, I guess we can't really talk about that without spoiling. Well, it doesn't matter, it doesn't really matter what happens next, right? It, the movie's it made does it. to me. Well, the movie said what it needs to say. To go further would be to muddle things. See, I think to go further would would end would not muddle things, at least narratively of what happens next. I think the ending of Banshees, it has ended all. 
it wanted to do. Like it, it, it's it. It can lay its tools down and go home without providing like. Yeah, an ending that maybe. And I like the we ending when I saw it. More satisfying. Right. All right, so let's keep the Fable Mids at four. Well, if we're going to put Banshees at three, which that looks like that is what's going to happen, I would rather have Fablemans at three, Banshees at four. Which is how it is configured on my personal list. I think I can live with that. I can live but you liked the Banshees more than the Fablemans. That's right. Like Did I, I though? That's what I'm that's what I'm questioning. I have certainly I that, that's how I wrote them down the first time, but did I really? Let, let's keep the Fablemans at four and Banshees at three. Okay, but that I, feels right. Th- but to know that I could go either way on those two. Okay. Like we, I could have Banshees at three. I could have Fablemans at three. Let's keep Banshees at three. That that almost feels good to me. Because, again, I'm not 100% confident on which one I like more. I mean, I know I did the whole thing. And they're very different movies. Spielberg coming in clutch with my third favorite movie of the year. But but Banshees is also very, very good. Yeah. but And maybe maybe Fablemans is better. I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm kind of now rooting for Fablemans at three. Yeah, but now I'm now I'm almost kind of rooting for Banshees at three. All right. So, like, well, let's keep it like a, that. We've had a weird swap in position here. <laughs> Isn't it fun? A, it's very interesting to me how just talking about something can like change my opinion of it, or just thinking about it a little more, a little more hard. So, ooh, what Tar? We're back to Tar v Men. I can go with Men at number one. I can go with Tar at number one. Well, yeah, I loved Men That's what at the time. I loved it. And looking at these movies that like feel so important to me you know like tar is the general consensus best movie of the year it feels like yeah and then like if i had men at number one would i look at it next year and think about the movies that came out this year and be like dude what are you saying men at your favorite movie of the year the best movie of the year for your communal list that's ridiculous it should have been something like tar or banshees or fablemans or northman i think it'd be fun to I don't know, like in eight weeks, watch them both and see how we and see see if we feel differently. Yeah, I also feel this difference with Tar being, you know, the general consensus best movie of the year, and Men not being on many people's best of the year. Completely like overlooked. I, yeah, I almost feel like it's we need to promote it. No, but I'm worried that my my want to have Men at number one is a want to be contrarian, is a want to <laughs> like justify the fact that I don't feel like I've had a great personal <laughs> movie year by having like a really strong opinion at number one. I relate to all of that and ditto. So like am I I feel like I'm almost overcompensating having <laughs> yeah. men at number one. Right. Yeah. So I feel like it, with our truthful opinions, like men might be better served at four even, you know? But we said the same thing about tar. I think I, I think a lot of it is recency bias though too. I think men. Why you, I think why you would why you say that is because we haven't seen men was a long time ago. Yeah, but I feel like it might be almost the opposite. Like I've had where is that movie by the way? Like where like where can somebody watch that now? I don't know. Isn't that weird? Probably somewhere like HBO Max. Surely maybe somewhere, it. but like nobody talks about it. Nobody and we you know it, it doesn't pop up. You yeah, know? I had. Uh, but I think it may be almost the opposite of recency bias for me. I don't, I don't know what that's called. There's probably a, a term for or it. Like a fun, like almost not nostalgia. But while watching these movies that came out later in the year, 
I have in my head that Men is my favorite movie of the year so far. So, like, it almost lives there. So now I feel it belongs there forever when it maybe it doesn't. Yeah, I hear that. Look, maybe uh, may, this is a similar maybe thing to At Zola. Or, but, well, both of our At Zola and Ins- Inside, my two favorite movies of the year, both came out at, like, the same time. But, like, do were there actually movies I liked more? I just, I, I, I have heralded in my brain men for so much of the year. Let's go with let's stay with that. Okay, so I think I'd I think I'd like to have men at number one of our list. We loved that movie at the time. I think back out upon it and really like it. We love Alex Garland. Um Tar is a very good movie. I mean it's a really good movie. Like it's it's a you know I can but it's it, it can be fine at number two for me. Um you know, they're, they're very, very different movies. And it's almost like we, if we keep it Men, Tar, Banshees, Fableman, Northman, it's almost like we have small movie, big movie, small movie, big movie. And maybe that kind of suits, that, that kind of feels like us. What do you mean by that? You kind of lost me there. So it's small both in, like, uh, production, you know. Like Tar, there was, like, thousands of people, you know, actors involved. Might be an exaggeration, but like men had like ten. So small, small, but smaller budget, smaller focus, smaller distribution. That's true. Because men, tar, yeah, what I love everywhere. What I know? love about men, I've talked before, is that it is about one thing. It's just about saying everything you can say about that one thing. Banshees, small, you know, ten actors, so that kind of thing. Fablemans, you know, hundreds, big pieces, you know, that so small in budget and scope and story also. Yeah. This is a this is a list I'm okay with. I'm I I feel if we had like three more hours we could come up with a we could probably configure this in a way that makes me feel better. If we had but, three more hours we could re rewatch men and then come up with the answer. Yeah. <laughs> um This is okay. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I I feel pleased with this. Like nothing Reading this, I don't feel like anything is like, this feels like us. Where is, where is I mean, I think Nope is probably too high, <laughs> but it's not, number nine, so. You want to have, I need a, to rewatch you want to have nope. Ava- nope at 10 and Avatar at nine? I, no. like, I like Nope more than Barbarian, I'm almost sure of that. Okay, all right, that's good to hear. What about Glass Onion? Is there any chance that it takes the place of Nope at nine or moves into ten? We didn't even have glass. Glass onions didn't make it past the short list, and I mean, if we were willing to make that decision, then I, I don't think. Yeah, I hear that. Like I have glass onion nine. on my personal. I think at number. Glass onions not on my personal. Okay, I think I have it at eleven, in front of Barbarian. But is that really the truth? Wait, know. it's at eleven and in front of Barbarian. So you didn't have Barbarian on your top ten. Well, I mean, I did at one point. I've been sliding things around as we talk and move and think. Okay. Um, yeah, like I would. But yeah, that's the whole point of a compromise list. I mean, of, of a, a list done in collaboration. You know, so that make that makes sense to me. All right, I, yeah, I'm pleased with this. I'm pleased yeah. with this. Avatar 10, 9, Nope. 8, After Sun. 7, The Batman. Six, we're all going to the World's Fair. 
five, The Northmen, four, The Fablemans, three, The Banshees of Inishirin, two, Tar, and Men at number one. Yeah, that feels like a pretty good list. It might. No, I'm I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, that no, that feels good. But I might quell our uh, uneasiness to look at our top ten list from last year. Yeah, I wonder how and that see if like holds up. <laughs> see if we have stuff we don't like then from movies we haven't thought about as much, and we realize we're okay with that being the case. And maybe it'll the moral will be that we're never going to get it perfect. <laughs> I hear that. I I feel like last year's list. We watched more movies last year. That's the truth. And, like, probably watched more better movies last year, too. But here, here's our top ten from last year. Okay. Ten. I'm curious I'm curious what, yeah, what we still feels like was a good choice. The Beta Test. That was ten? Directed by Jim Cummings. Now, that's something I feel we lacked this year that we had that year. Because I didn't, I barely heard anybody but us talk about the beta test and i haven't thought of that movie at all really yeah because you you sent me a message about the, the i thought about jim cummings and i know you love that movie and i did i liked it a lot too and i like jim cummings and i like his story and i want him to do well and succeed and i like what he's doing for independent filmmakers but i sent that i sent that because it just I came up on my social media feed but like i really haven't thought about the beta test very much as a movie it's also a thing where the beta test is probably neither of our favorite Jim Cummings movie. That's true. You you probably you really like Wolves. I did. Or Wolf of, uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow, and I would probably pick Thunder Road. Yeah. Okay. But uh, no, beta test of ten feels good. Nine, Summer of Soul. Uh, that feels good. That yeah, that's that's kind of that movie's definitely lasted. Eight to ten. I think about that movie a lot. Uh, seven, a quiet place, part two. So I, I didn't see that one, so that was. Uh, six, come on, come on. I don't know if I thought about this movie as much. That feels pretty high for that. that feels too high for that for for what I think of it now. In fact, I haven't thought about that movie at all. Five, Dune. I I remember this being a thing. You like Dune more than I did. We ha- we have <laughs> we have a thing. Our four and five are at Zola and Dune, which yeah. are the two movies we probably disagreed the most on. Yeah. Uh. So that that actually feels right for this list. And I'm glad I got at Zola over Dune. <laughs> yeah. uh, three, The Last Duel. Uh, that was a really good movie. It was a really good movie. That I haven't thought about it at all. Yeah. And then at number three, it's a lot. Two, it was The West Side Story. That still feels good to me. Yeah, it does to me too, I think. One is Inside. That feels solid. I, I That still resonates with me. Yeah, I re. I rewatched this movie uh, this year, and actually, I think we ended up seeing West Side Story again too. Uh, but uh, around the time I watched it in 2021, and I might do it again in 2023. Inside, that that's like what I, if I want to be nostalgic and not nostalgic, but to think about the pandemic and where my headspace was in the pandemic. I think Inside is a very good tool for that. That's cool. Yeah, I think if I, was, if I was revising this list, I would move Titane up, move Come On, Come On down. Uh, I'd, I'd probably move Dune up because that's the movie now I've seen. Like, if it, I could see, I've seen parts of that movie many times now. Like, I if it's on, I'm pretty much watching it. 
including last night, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. There's three movies that are noticeably missing from this top ten, and one of them we haven't seen, but that's because these are three movies that everybody loved that weren't available for us to see at the time of making this list. Oh, yeah. Two of which we've seen since. That's Drive My Car. Yeah. Uh, the worst person in the world in Petite Maman, which we haven't seen because we hate cinema, apparently. <laughs> Nor have we seen Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, yeah. We need to see that. Trust. We'll, we'll definitely. Those movies, we will not die without having seen those movies. So. Yeah, God willing. Uh, I would move. I would put uh, Drive My Car in. You know, Drive My Car, both of those movies would be very high on this list. What was the other one I immediately forgot? The Worst Person in the oh, World. Oh, yeah, I'd really like that movie, too. Those would be in the top five. Probably. Yeah, at least I think they would, at least they would for me. That sounds like for you as well. All right, so that's interesting. So I wonder how we'll feel about, yeah, it's fun to do that. It's a good idea. See how we feel about this list next year. All right. Um, another thing as part of looking back. Um. Almost a year ago now, we said the movies that were our most anticipated of 2022, let's see how those panned out. <laughs> let's do that. Which I actually think they panned out pretty well. Yeah. My number three was The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. <laughs> a movie I didn't see because apparently I don't like having fun. I said to myself in my head, I'm like, I'm going to go through all these Nicolas Cage movies Probably there. Some of them are gonna be. They're either gonna be really good, like bringing out the dead, or they're gonna be like fun, but still not not good. If they're not good, they're gonna be fun, like Con, Con, Air, Con Air, which is apparently is really good, also. But you know, it's d- good for what it is. You know. So I didn't do that. I didn't see the movie. <laughs> I've probably it. seen just as many Nicolas Cage movies. <laughs> um. So why didn't we go see this movie? It was on your top three most anticipated and we didn't even see it because i didn't start watching Nicolas cage movies early enough and i didn't want to see the movie without having seen the Nicolas cage movie uh, so it okay. just never happened well that's 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 that feels like a good reason versus we just didn't go see it. like that's a that's a reason that's yeah. a good reason all right my third most anticipated movie was nope and we did see it. And it's in our top ten. So that's, that's top as 10. successful that's as success, we can think for most Though I still didn't like it as much as I, I, I thought I was going to like it. I yeah. still view, view Nope with an air of disappointment. But I'm going to rewatch it and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Moving, moving Avatar and Nope, that's still an option. I wouldn't feel right about that, but that's <laughs> still an option. <laughs> if you want to ruin our list or break my heart, we could, <laughs> we, could, we could do that. No, but it wouldn't be like a tragedy. Uh, both our communal number twos was... Bob's Burgers movie, which, yes. you know, I think actually pretty succeeded in everything we wanted it to succeed in. Yeah. I, I Again, I have an air of a slight disappointment with this movie as well. I think I just, I mean, there's a reason I guess I'm disappointed because these are were my most anticipated movies, which means I wanted them to be, like, amazing. And I don't think it was amazing. This is still my philosophy for most anticipated, and it's the philosophy I've had for two years now, that you should not... You should not pick movies that are, are going to break your heart if they're bad. <laughs> your most anticipated movies should be movies that you think can actually do everything you're going to want them to do. Like, nothing's hinging on them. So, like, Bob's Burgers movie, Ned, I didn't think I would love the Bob's Burgers movie. 
But I did think it was going to be a Bob's Burgers movie, and that's all I needed it to be. So, right, like, I, I feel like that's a perfect thing for a most anticipated list because You're I think it's safe with your heart. Yeah, and it's. I think it's um, pick movies that are capable of meeting your expectations. All right, I like to live unfettered. <laughs> <laughs> unfettered. That's not the right word. All right. What is your what was your number one? Our communal number one was the Batman, which like yeah, boom, the yeah. Batman was really good. It delivered. It's in our it's uh, number seven on our list. That's I, would, again. I would like to see that movie also again, like all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces. Yeah, uh, same thing here. I would enjoy that. All right, that's good. We're gonna take a quick break. Then we're going to come back to you with this, the 2023 most anticipated. And we're and we're back here on the 1st of January. Now, 2023 is here, and i got to say, it is glorious. Everything has changed. I'm a new person. In fact, I'm a squirrel now. <laughs> I'm a squirrel that can speak English. Get a little furry tail. Your works you can hear it. I'm about to hit my microphone with my furry tail. <laughs> can you hear it? Maybe you couldn't, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we have our most anticipated movies of 2023. Now, I gotta be honest, I was looking through the movies that are supposed to come out this year, and I got not a lot of stuff that excited me. But I think that's a positive side. I think based on our 2022. We definitely didn't. We didn't get to the art house movies in a timely manner. Since things came out, we weren't even aware of them. And I think a lot of that is we don't. We just haven't heard of these movies. But I think we're going to be much more diligent on knowing what's out, what's playing, week by week, and seeing if it's something that we should see. Versus, yes. so I think it might be a strength that we didn't really recognize a lot of what's coming out. At least for me, I did not. But I did find things I'm anticipating. Yeah. And most of the movies that we know about, like right now, when they're going to come out, is stuff like you know, um, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, big Hollywood films. You know, I did see some stuff that I'm definitely not going to see on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's, uh, but that's no fun, right? Yeah, it's probably <laughs> fun for other people too. Yeah, there well, we go. Exactly, well, they, they, they'll, they'll anticipate and for that. Uh, one thing that I think we should address out there that I was looking for the release date of the community movie very probably I would say impossible that it releases this year so not on here though I wanted to have it on here that's probably a anticipated 2024 thing that would be on both of our top threes without a doubt yes possibly number one very possibly but we have uh it was almost like I want to say I was following the same system that I normally do, but I really, I found the three movies that I, I, I mean, we didn't spend too much time thinking about it. In the ten minutes we were thinking about it, these are the three movies I, I knew I was excited about. So You're going to do all three or just do number three, then I'll do three, and you do two? Number two, three, one, then one. number three. You, you actually start. All right. So, again, presuming the community movie is not coming out, and uh, my three and four are very close, but I won't, I won't cheat. Uh, my third most uh, movie I'm most anticipating and excited about in 2023 is Oppenheimer. Yeah, I thought about putting Oppenheimer on mine. That's a movie I'm excited about. We 
as much as it is cliche to say we like Christopher Nolan. He's Christopher Nolan. He's got an incredible cast, this movie, and it's covering very interesting subject matter. It's probably going to be very good. Yeah, I think so too. I I, I know very little about like what if is it, is it a whole biopic? If it's just covering like the first bomb test, does it cover you know us releasing it on Nagasaki and Hiroshima? You know, I, I don't know what it covers. Is that what what when you looked at me weirdly? Hiroshima, no, but it, uh, yeah, I think either pronunciation is correct. Well, yeah, I know. I was just like, how funny would it be if you pronounced it wrong, like 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 narwhal or something? You know, <laughs> like like something. Like I was more thinking about the possibility of you saying something totally outrageous. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I'm anticipating Oppenheimer, even though I don't know a whole lot about it. I don't even remember who's playing Oppenheimer, but I'm sure it's a very the good guy actor we playing. like from several of Christopher Nolan movie, Scarecrow, and Twenty Eight oh, Days Later. Cillian Murphy. Yeah, Cillian Murphy. Oh, cool. Uh, interesting. Couldn't find an American, I guess. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Is he alive? That's probably, I think he's he's Irish. probably British or he's Irish. Irish. I think he's Irish. Anyways, um, I'm not sure I care about that. So, but I do care about that movie. I'm excited. To, I'm anticipating it, and I'm anticipating it, and I expect it to be good. Probably my number three is probably a much going to be a much worse movie unless Oppenheimer is a total disaster. I will guarantee it'll be leagues better than my number three movie, which is Scream Six. <laughs> Uh, wow, really? The Scream, I like the Scream movies. Uh, they're, like, just bad enough that, like, but not too bad where I feel like it's okay for me to like them, you know? And uh, they're in New York. They're doing more Scream stuff. It's got Jenna Ortega, you know, back. We have the cast from the fifth one. We talked about, we, we were talking about the fifth one just this podcast. So we liked it. Let's keep it. Coming, scream movies are fun. They don't. You're, they don't need to be good for me to like them. I'm about to say that's a guarding your heart choice. Feels like to me, but uh, I'm also excited to see it. We're gonna rewatch five, right? But not the whole, not one through four. Probably not. Yeah, because we, we, yeah, we're learning. We're it's learning. Certainly not about Scream ourselves. Two. All right. Speaking of what could be a horrible movie, and I'm just, God, I hope it's good. God, I hope it's good. God, I hope it's good. The new Indiana Jones movie is my number two. Gross, dude. Don't. What do you mean gross? Don't bring, don't bring that here. Oh, you're crazy, man. It's Indiana Jones, dude. It's it's important. It's lovely. It's, so far, we have a four-movie franchise where two of them are good. Um, we no, may three, we may disagree. Three, three, three were good, and one was awful. Okay, the, That's uh, how I would put that. Yeah. I know I can't imagine. Being, I think this movie is gonna very roll our eyes. E at it. God, I, I fear you're right, but I'm not. A, I'm not afraid. I like to put my Har- heart I like line. Harrison Ford. Who doesn't like no, Harrison this, this Ford? This movie has got. There's a lot of stuff going for this movie, so maybe I shouldn't scoff at it as much. And I feel bad about my my Indiana Jones franchise comment that it's four movies and two are good. Especially that's what very, you said about Spielberg earlier. That's a, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but that's the four. Very, did you see four? No. So oh, I, I, the th- fact not that you only, haven't even seen it, no, like you're was, gonna, <laughs> you're really not gonna anticipate it after seeing if you ever see four. That was no, that was bad. I almost want that edited out. Me saying that, like that was so that's such an obnoxious like ten year old who watches Cinema Sins thing <laughs> yeah. to say. I'm not proud of it. It's okay. I've it's committed okay. many sins in this life. Uh, for the in these, I would for five. I do want to, especially since you hadn't seen four. You've seen two and three though, right? The Indiana Jones yeah. movies. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I might, I might do a rewatch on those. I would 
you got to see four there just to know that so we can say when five comes out, go, well, it wasn't as bad as four, hopefully. And it won't be. It's pretty, right? you know, it'll probably be pretty okay. I don't know if well, I Kate have intentions was of in seeing four. this movie. Kate Blanchett was in four? It was in four. It was still horrible. Wow. It was awful. But uh, Mads Mikkelsen in five. Um, the, I'm who's, seeing another round. Who's the actor? Um, who's the, you know, the, uh, the, the Corinthian in Sandman and other good things. He's in, he's in. Is he movie. in that? Yeah. Phoebe Waller-Bridge as well. Oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's who's the batons being handed to. I believe. Yeah, the uh, but man, the trailer looks bad though. The trailer looks that awful. whole scene in the trailer where he's like, they have the homage. That's the thing is he has the homage. He does the whip, and he's in a like a like a a room with a table in it, like a conference room, and he does the whip, and they all pull out the guns, and then he just ducks under the table, like that would ever like save you, like oh okay, like there's twenty of us with guns, and he ducks under the table. We all shoot, and like you know, it could be really bad. Yeah, I I, I expect it's uh, going to be. I'm still still my number two. Okay, my number two, which I'm, I won't say I expect to be your number one because I feel spoilery, but I did I did just say that. I expect my, it's Dune Part Two, is my number two, because it's Dune Part Two. Dune was really good. We like the Dune franchise. We like Denis Villeneuve, Villeneuve, Villeneuve. <laughs> however which way I'm going to choose to mispronounce his name it's Dune it's Dune it was a number one anticipated movie of 2021 uh, yeah I'm excited it's probably going to be very good and it's definitely my number one of course uh, I'm, I'm, I am I'm loved the first one and I'm excited about the second one and I don't I'm not worried about whether it'll be good or not I'm not like I, I'm confident enough that I know it's going to be good I don't need yep. to like and I didn't love I didn't wholeheartedly love the first Dune, and I don't need to wholeheartedly love Dune Part Two. It's just gonna be have it's gonna have the cast returning and space and excuse to reread Dune, excuse to say the fear is the mind killer thing. I wonder if I still have that memorized. Dude, dude can you say it? Fear is the mind killer. Uh, I must not fear. Fear is the, the mind, mind killer. killer. Fear is, is the little death, death that brings, brings total ob- total obliteration. obliteration. I must face my fear. Must permit it to pass over me and through me. I will turn the inner eye to see its path. I think there's something I'm forgetting. And then uh, when the fear is gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. I love that so much. It's so cool. I'm going to get that tattooed on my forehead. That's a long bout of tattoos. You, will you even be able to see your forehead? Will it even come up as words? Because there's going to be so much overlap. No, no. It'll be written very small. And it'll be backwards and right to left so I can read it in a mirror. Let's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is my plan. My number one anticipated movie, which I think is going to come out in 2023, but could not, is uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, that's cheating, dude. That wasn't che- on our list. You, didn't, you didn't cheating. mention it. I did mention it. No, you didn't. I definitely did. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it will. That's the Wikipedia good, good page choice. says it'll be premiering at least at film festivals in 2023, which makes me think, like, I imagine this to be released late this year. Are you going to read the book? Yes. Good. It's the next Martin Scorsese movie. It's about indigenous people. It has Jesse Plemons in it. Those are like th- those are the three things I need to Jason know. Jason Isbell. That I'm probably going. Oh, and Jason Isbell. And we heard a very cool story about his audition. Yes. So yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff going right for this movie for me. 
So if that is, because that wasn't, I didn't see that on the list of uh, things we're looking for. I would actually put that as my third. I would re- I would replace Oppenheimer and put Killers of Flower Moon there. You wouldn't. Indiana Jones. <laughs> no, it's Killers Indiana Jones. Moon. That is my childhood. That is my. That is. It's I didn't Indiana know you Jones. had such an attachment to Indiana Jones. I think every dude my age does. Around my age. You have an attachment more to Star Wars, I would imagine. I used to. Star Wars kind of, they ruined that for me. I would say I have an attachment more. The Dis- the Disney and Ryan Johnson and J.J. No, Williams not Ryan Johnson. I like Ryan Johnson's one. I like Ryan Johnson's. Uh, in the no, I was, I, was, Star Wars. I was trying to make you out to be like a neckbeard, fedora-wearing. My lady. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, Star Wars, I, they're, they're, yeah, they're kind of hand-in-hand. I don't know, Star Wars until the, the prequels, you know? That kind of ruined that. Not ruined it, but definitely changed it. All right, so that's exciting. I'm now excited to go see some movies. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. Let's go to the movie theater and watch A Man Called Otto. Let's watch A Man Called (laughs) Otto in theaters now. Uh, I do want to go see uh, The Menu, actually. Yeah, we should see The Menu. That's a, that's a movie and that probably could have been in Best of the Year contention that we missed. Yeah, but we're not going to miss it. We're going to see it tomorrow on the next day. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I have time in my schedule for that. You may not. I'm going to go see it, though. Um, awesome. This was very fun. Yeah, very fun. We I got our top ten list. I feel good about it. We got our perfect top ten best movies of the year. You can't question it. No movies we needed <laughs> to see. That we exactly. Didn't. We encourage you to go see some movies. And uh, actually, I'm I'm curious your opinion on this. I thought about putting together like a big masters list of movies that probably would have made their way onto the list, but we didn't see them. And then they were so long, they felt like nobody's going to take us seriously if I read them all. Like judging, like movies we missed from this past year that would have been in the top ten had we seen them based on critical reviews and things like that. Yeah, yeah, probably too long. Yeah, we just need to see more movies. Yeah. For next year. For next year. Awesome. Anything else? No. Thank you for listening. This was very fun. Thank thank you. Thank you for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Until we meet again, Dana Dago Holly. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture Podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Sergier and Antoine Hillel. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email, a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.